All right, y'all. It's time to do a Robert Scott Bell show. Yeah, it's Friday. I know it's a day of fasting for me, but look what I found in the garden today. Got a couple of zucchinis. One looks like a crookneck zucchini. I don't think there's such a thing, but this is growing that way, funny enough. And so the deliciousness continues. About half of the meal yesterday was from the garden. Well, that's not the subject of today, but I love talking gardening and showing you all the stuff that's the miracle of growing your own food. That's coming up. But first, Stanford Graham stands back on the Robert Scabell show. We're going to get updates not only on Cardio Miracle and the science behind it and what we discovered even day by day. Think pancreatic cells. Could there be a benefit? We're going to talk about that also. Um, prosecutenow.com or prosecutenow.io, however you get there. What's the latest in that regard? The legal ramifications of the killing fields of the hospitals and those who have been complicit in them, um, whether they be in government, medicine, media, et cetera. That's coming up. Then we got a very powerful second hour. Not only Ula Tinsley. Ula is amazing. But surprise, surprise, we're going to have Leslie Good Goody. We're going to call it that because it's just too hard to say her last name. I'm going to tease her now. Uh, Leslie's going to join as well. And then if all goes well, another powerful female voice and presence in the bonus round. So you'll want to stick around for the bonus round today, kids, boys and girls. <laughs> did I say that? Yeah, I did. All right. Let me see. Super Don's still on t- sort of vacation. Not really, but he's visiting with family. So it's just you and me. And Stan Graham in first hour, stand by for that and a whole lot more. Tell your friends the place for health, freedom, and healing liberty is right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. And you come on over to robertscottbell.com slash listen, and I'll see you in the chat room as well. We'll be right back. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Robert Scott Bell Show. Okay, here we go, boys and girls. I, I just I don't know if I'm in romper room today. Probably not. It's going to be high-level education classroom between Stan Graham and then Ula and Leslie and a surprise bonus guest in the bonus round you don't want to miss. Uh, I, I'm, still, uh, I'm still quite honestly in mourning. I haven't fully grieved the loss of my, my friend Michael Badnarik. And for those of you who are learning of, of Michael's passing yesterday morning, it was not that it was unexpected. But it's still, when it happens, it hits you. And, you know, the tears come, especially, you know, when I think about um, the journey that we have been on. And he's been on longer than me at the time of his uh, passing. Uh, but the inspiration I took from him, the courage, the tenacity to stand for what is right, principled stance of liberty, defense of that liberty, recognizing that the right of self-defense is a right that comes from God, not government, and the importance of uh, being a living example for others. Whether they take you up on that example or not, that's up to them. But not to shirk the responsibility to, when you know better, to do better. And so I, again, just like I said, I might be a little bit emotional today. I'm not fully recovered. I don't know that you ever really do, but you know it's very raw when that happens. So thank you all for uh, the prayers and blessings and everything else that you're sending. Uh, and for those of you who know and love Michael, same back at you, seriously. Uh, and it was such an amazing event, the uh, Advanced Medicine Conference. And, and who knew it would be his final public appearance and, and lecture presentation. So I, I've talked with uh, briefly with Dr. Batar to get some images and hopefully make that video available, hopefully for everybody. We'll see how, how that goes. But that's that's something that's up and coming next. Now, uh, we're uh, you know, at a phase of uh, post-COVID that's not really post-COVID. 
because as you see, even the CDC has changed its, uh, is just directives. Not that if anybody here is waiting for the CDC to change their directives, to change their, the way they're living, it's probably not happening, but it, it's strange and sad irony. They're like, Oh, well, maybe you don't need to, to test every day. Maybe you don't need to distance. And if you have symptoms, you don't need to necessarily, uh, quarantine now anymore. I mean, just all of this stuff. You're like, really? Who's paying attention to the centers for disease creation anyway, but they're doing it. But the things that they contributed in, in doing to many of us, many of you to shut you down, to lock you down, has it been helpful or harmful? I think we know the answer to that here, but even for those who have survived it, how's it going now? And that is in the show notes today at robertscottbell.com. The first article up relates to that question. Jeffrey Tucker talking about this um did lockdowns turn americans into lazy bums and and i know that there are people that talk about you know not having to get out of their pjs to go to work because it's now the zoom work culture or whatever it is and so it's changed our daily habits and i think about our habits prior to the so-called lockdowns and I don't know that it's changed all that much in reality, because if you think about the vast majority of Americans or people in the West, what do they do for work? Do they really use their physical bodies the way God designed our physical bodies to be used? Whether it be hunting, gathering, fishing, working and toiling in the lands and building things and all of the things that require immense physicality. And, and I look at in history, even in the early part of the 20th century, People were, were smaller than they are today, by and large. Like, think about the people that were soldiers in World War I, World War II, for instance. And yet, they had such strength. If you've ever carried uh, a, um, an M1 Garand, which they used in World War II in, in, in Korea, those suckers are heavy, even for strong people. You feel it like these people were carrying these things around wherever they were didn't complain and, and were able to do it. So strength is different because perhaps they grew up at a time where physicality was required as a way of life. Now, honestly, you know, and this is me included because what do I do most of the time? I'm here with you interacting. If I'm not at an event, you know, and I'm typing on a keyboard, I'm looking at a, a camera, talking either on a, you know, on, on a phone or something, but, or, or through the microphone and this doesn't require a lot of intense physicality, although I do stand up media or stand up radio. I tend not to like to sit down and do it. The energy is different. But still, that's not a lot of intense effort. So even before the lockdowns of COVID, I would say that we had become very lazy unless we did extra effort outside of the things that we were doing in the workaday world to get, you know, earning living of some kind to get out there and work that body. And, you know, that's the emergence of something that probably be weird to our ancestors. You mean there are businesses where you go and you pay to go there just so you can lift heavy weights. <laughs> I mean, I mean, think about that. If you think about it from our ancestry and like, what is wrong with you? You go and pay somebody so you can lift weights. Isn't that, that's you. We used to get paid to lift weights, right? Boxes, move them. And, and there are certainly those that work their body in the job. I'm not saying everybody is working at a sedentary type job, but of course the extreme, let's say magnification of that came in COVID when people started working from home, never changing out of their pajamas if they wear them. And then 
continuing to hardly work their bodies at all. Maybe they're using their mind, but there's a body here that needs work, that needs effort, that needs exercise, that needs resistance in order to function. Talk about so-called astronauts. We have controversies about astronauts all the time, but if you're in uh, low Earth orbit and zero gravity even, you don't have that kind of stress on your body, and they talk about atrophy of the body, different things that would happen that are not good for the body because we're not meant to live in a zero-gravity environment. We're meant to have resistance. And so as I talk about laziness, I got a guy who's not lazy at all coming on in just a couple of minutes here, Stan Graham, going for the world record in the mile for over 50, now over 60, I think. We'll, we'll confirm that. Uh, and and work in his body. But again, this is something he desires to do, and it's it's to his benefit. And on top of that benefit is the things he's teaching us, things I've learned in how do we enhance the body's ability to get back to the level of activity we were designed to be doing. Now, I'm not saying everybody is supposed to be training to break the world record in anything, the mile or otherwise, but as you know, in my journey back in during COVID lockdowns and shutdowns and slowdowns, it was an opportunity for me to engage physically more than I had in a long time. And that was to go to a place where our ancestors would say, you, you do what you pay so you can use equipment and kick things and hit things and get fit. Yeah. This is our, the nature of the work stratification. It changed from a time when everybody had to produce their own food, good services, fix things, you know, walk, run, bicycle, all of those things. So I find it, uh, you know, again, fascinating about this. Did lockdowns turn America into lazy bums? I would argue we were already there, not an accusation at everyone in this audience, but you get the perspective. We have been dumbed down in terms of physicality that we have to go out of our way to engage our physical bodies for the most part with, you know, the rare exception of someone who does for a, a living work their body and get compensated for doing that. So with that, I want to bring my good buddy in, my pal, my long lost friend, Stan Graham. He's back on the Robert Scott Bell show. Stan! Robert! You you don't look like you're in your running clothes right now, but I bet you're wearing shorts. <laughs> I could stand up and prove you right. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you don't have to because you're so tall. I don't know what we'd be looking at. It might not be good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's so good to see you, my friend. I know you've been busy on a whole lot of things in this hour. I want to talk to you, even, even comment about what I've just referenced in the opening here uh, on the Robert Scott Bell show today. Uh, but also, you know, we're going to talk about the prosecute now, as well as some uh, more science supporting why I'm using Cardio Miracle every day and why I think everybody should, but we'll get to that. But uh, first and foremost, any comments on the, that? Did lockdowns turn us into lazy bums as Americans? I, I think it served a purpose by helping us look in the mirror. Oh, okay. I, I, right. I think the lockdowns and all of that experience helped to put a mirror in front of our face to see who we are really. Mm -hmm. um, what's at the center of our lives, really? Because uh, I, I think the professional lives, the kind of lifestyles that we've been trained to lead now, that lifestyle that has been cultivated over the last, very meticulously, you know, over the last uh, 80, 80 years or so, we've been, we've been programmed to kind of uh, desensitize ourselves from ourselves, to become disassociated from ourselves, to come become disassociated from other people, hmm. from our environment, from the world. I mean, uh, it, it's been a practice of, uh, I think a long-term practice of, of isolation. And so on a number of different levels. So I think 
when the actual isolation came along in a, in a manner that we had not experienced it in, in the fact that it was imposed upon us rather than self-imposed because obviously self-imposed isolation can serve a very powerful function of helping us discover some things about ourselves. Dude, dude that's so a really good point, have, Dan. That's a really, isolation. really important. Hold on here. I, I just want to pause on that because self-imposed isolation versus a lockdown from an external source, keeping us divided and isolated. That's an important point because there's a medicinal value in occasionally retreating and getting quiet and getting to the point where I've talked about this listening, whether it's prayerful meditation, contemplation, whatever it is, that quiet time where we can sit and simply listen or commune with the divine. And, and I'm not saying we can't do that in the cacophony of life, but I think the discipline to be able to hear it in the cacophony comes from the time we take consciously to sit down and learn the language of spirit or that div divine communication. Yeah, well, you were speaking at on in the intro of, you know, some of our forebearers, our, um, our ancestors, you know, when they, it wasn't a hundred years ago that if you wanted to go somewhere, you walked. Or you got on a horse. I mean, you got on, on a, on a uh, I'm living, my grandfather died oh, 20 years ago, but um, I was alive and, and well in my 20s when my maternal grandfather died, and uh, and he grew up in a dugout. What do you mean a and dugout? Like a baseball dugout? Um, no, like a sod home, a sod dugout against the, their family of six kids in eastern Idaho. The first home that he remembers was a sod home that was in, they had dug out the side of a mouth at the side of a hill yeah, and built a sod home into that hill and, you know, dirt floor, everything else. But that was their house. Wow. That was their home. And their, and their, uh, their profession of course was farming. Cause that's all there was up there in Eastern Idaho was land. Yeah. And uh, so they planted crops and they, they were subsistence farmers. So here I was alive and well in my twenties and even, early thirties, my grandfather, whose name I carry was still alive. He had grown up in a, uh, in a grass hut, you know, dirt floor dug into the side of a hill, you know, to, to actually experience some of the cool, right. Wow. That you yeah. Just to get before air conditioning from a home. It was a one room home and uh, two parents, six kids. They all grew up, uh, led phenomenal lives. Uh, how is it possible they survived living on dirt? What does that say? Yeah, you know, they. I don't know if they had any uh, viral, <laughs> you know, whatever's. Uh, can you imagine living that close in proximity with, uh, you know, if you, if you listen to a biblical narrative with the thing from which we are created? Yeah, fascinating. Yeah. And I think about my grandmother, my mother's mother. In the early part of the 20th century, walking from Lithuania all the way to then what was Palestine would become Israel. Walking. Do you understand? Wow. Walking. And and so your point is well taken. You know, within the last 100 years or so, walking was the way we got around. And not everybody had a car. It wasn't the Model T years yet. And all of that, that transformed right. the ability to move about the cabin with the help of oil creating little mini explosions in engines that would provide, you know, the transformation yeah. of the planet, unlike any time in recorded history. Uh, so, yeah. you know, we're that, talking the value, I think 
part of the virtue of that walking, the reason I brought that up, Robert, I'm sorry, is because as you were identifying, you know, taking time to go somewhere and uh, either walking or in a slow move, you know, on a horse or in a wagon, it gives you time to think. It does impose some self-isolation, but you have time to think and a quiet and downtime and talk. We live in a in a society in a world of distraction, so much noise, so much information. The last thing we listen to is is that, uh, well, I shouldn't say that, but I'll tell you the the loudest noises are not the most important ones. No, it's true, and that time that we you know have, I guess, in the witnessing of some of the people that are still alive today, you know, there was a time where you couldn't just get a ticket and fly across the country in a matter of just hours. You know, right. those trips, like you talk about wagon, you know, would take months. Uh, and so uh, I look at what's happening. I, I know that there are entities on this, this planet stand that want us to be forced back into that by, uh, you know, reversing the technology, reversing the things that have made extraordinary things possible, including many experiences in one lifetime that used to be multiple lifetimes. You would have to say to do all the things that people do today, even in the span of a week, a month, a year. Uh, and so things have sped up and there's a, a joy in slowing them down to appreciate that. And I'm not here to say what is right or wrong or what is better than I'm just saying, this is the reality. Most of us have grown up with things move pretty quickly and the lockdowns artificial as they were did allow for some reflection and for some people to get a deeper co- sense of commitment to their purpose, their mission, you know, and I think, you know, I was thinking about what you're doing with the prosecute.com prosecutenow.com or .io website talk about a mission that you never probably ever thought you might be participating in yeah that was um, we're not I think we're uh, we're about seven months into that eight months into that and uh, it's definitely uh, it's becoming quite a thing I have it up on the screen let me see if I can uh, show it up I'm doing this all without the help of Super Don today uh, but if you go to prosecutenow.io, I, I entered .com and it got me to .io. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know the difference in these things. But anyway, I'm there. And if you haven't already done this, you you know you can participate and support our efforts and all of your efforts to uh, uh, hold these elected and unelected bureaucrats accountable for their actions. Much less those in the medical profession, those on licensing boards, those at CDC. You name the place uh, that these deaths that are occurring are crimes. They are yeah. not accidental deaths. These are murders that are occurring and they need to be held to account. And part of the prosecute now dot IO, uh, I guess references some of the ways in which, and, and there's a, uh, I'm showing here, there's a, uh, United States, uh, little map. You can click on what state you're in and you can initiate letters being sent to state level legislators, uh, to help kind of educate them, let them know what's going on and hopefully bring them on over. But we're not waiting as well. The other idea is to recognize the sheriff is the highest constitutional authority in any given political subdivision in a state and that there are arrests that could be made. That's a whole other level of this. Things I've discussed on this show, you know, via Sheriff Mack and others, uh, but that's another part of the update I wanted to get from you today. Yeah. Well, let me, uh, a couple of different things on, on prosecutenow.io. The IO, we're actually, our, our servers are offshore. Uh, secured and protected, not subject to U.S. Uh, jurisdiction, Restriction. yeah, restrictions, etc. So, 
very safe, very secure. We've built, uh, we've got uh, built-in redundancies. So two, uh, several, pro several things to, to access to perform on pro at Prosecute Now. Number one, you can send letters uh, on very specific issues directly to your state rep, uh, the, your legislative leaders, um, as well as governors and attorneys general. The, the function of these letters is to put them on notice because we are going to be pursuing uh, the criminals that have propagated uh, really the largest uh, crime in human history. The, but this is really that these letters function in actuality in a legal sense to put them on notice. Uh, because when uh, when the hammer when the criminal hammer begins to fall, uh, they'll need to know uh, they 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 will have chosen their side. So please go there, identify the letters you want to send. They populate automatically. Uh, they all the email addresses for those state elected officials populate automatically. It would take you just a matter of uh, a minute to send uh, one to six letters to any legislators you want to in the leadership positions and then to your governors, attorneys general, and lieutenant governors. Please do that. It's a bullhorn directly to their ears. The letters are drafted very specifically to put them on notice of the legal violations that have been ongoing, the crimes that have been ongoing. Number two, you'll see that there's a specific tab there, Robert, for healthcare professionals. Now, what we've built is a facility for healthcare professionals, um, doctors, nurses, administrators, all down the line who you could go there and you'll see that you can download an affidavit, an affidavit we prepared with, I think it's 26 different uh, statements regarding uh, this pandemic and the associated injection. Uh, you can easily print, and uh, sign by it, uh, sign in the presence of a notary and upload that affidavit onto the site. We also ask you to read that affidavit and video. You can actually video yourselves at the site and have that logged and, and preserved as evidence um, within our servers. This is evidence that we have designed in such a way so that it uh, it's uh, its credibility in in terms of a court context is exceptionally high. The weight is exceptionally deep. Uh, and uh, its objectivity is is sound. The court. This is evidence that the courts will readily accept, uh, and we can certainly we, we built this system so to as to avoid any hearsay objections or any other objections that would prevent this testimony of all these health thousands, tens of thousands of healthcare professionals and nurses that have are now standing in the positions of being canceled if they're not injected. So. Um, I would encourage everybody to go there. And also for all of us non-healthcare professionals, we have a questionnaire on uh, on the uh, on the site. You can fill out very quickly uh, to help us give us the prima give us evidence of prima facie cases of injury that you've sustained. Because Robert, as as you know, we are collaborating now with some of the largest uh, plaintiff firms in the country uh, to bring uh, the law to bear on these individuals that have propagated this crime against us, both in the civil context and in the criminal context. So, Do you have an update here? I see a link to the uh, Griner case. Dr. Griner is an amazing man, a kind, gentle soul that has donated much of his medical time to helping uh, children, poor children around the world, much less in the U.S., uh, born with cleft palates to correct them, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, just a, you know, a, a real charitable human, uh, Dr. Griner. And he's yeah. a plaintiff versus uh, President Biden and the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. What's the latest you can communicate about this case? 
we had oral arguments on two motions, as you know, July 6th. So it's been a little over a month. On July 6th, uh, two motions were argued uh, before the court. Our motion for a preliminary injunction to immediately terminate the injections, uh, the injection mandate against healthcare workers. The Biden administration had filed a motion to dismiss our case for uh, lack of merit. Um, we have we've uploaded the transcript of that hearing on the site, and I would encourage everybody to to download that transcript and read it. It gives you it puts you right inside the courtroom where our chief litigator um, George Wentz made mincemeat of the DOJ or the DOJ uh, lawyer representing the Biden administration. It is a phenomenal read. It's a great read. You'll see. Uh, why it is that uh, that our legal team wins cases. Uh, we actually prepare cases with a hypersensitivity and focus uh, for the uh, for the objective that we're we're looking to determine. Now everybody, you may or may not recall the purpose of this case is really singular, Robert. It's to get the 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 court to render a decision. Mm -hmm. And this is actually will be set for trial. Um, and uh, trial by jury, but not by the bench. But we're looking for a decision in this case. Uh, the distinction between these injections um, missed, uh, misclassified and misnamed as, as vaccines and to, and to call them what they truly are, which is uh, medical therapy, medical treatments, which um, as a consequence were unconstitutional to be mandated. Uh, so I would encourage everybody to, uh, the, the complaint is online as well as the transcript. Uh, I've got to tell you, Robert, there was a wonderful, the judge asked uh, George to help him understand the difference between a vaccine and its effects on the body and a medical treatment. Cause he said, I thought the vaccines were supposed to help reduce, you know, uh, symptom severity, those kinds of things. And George gave him a great example of saying, look, um, if, I, if, I over, if I over imbibed last night, and uh, woke up with a, uh, um, you know, in a drunken stupor this morning, this morning with a hangover, I would take some aspirin to alleviate the symptoms. I would be a fool if I took the aspirin before I went out drinking again tonight to think that they would immunize me against being drunk again and suffering from another hangover. And uh, it was a, uh, it was just... Throwing the uh, aspirin in their face to differentiate between a treatment and a prevention or prophylaxis. And uh, they don't seem yeah. to, to want to acknowledge that. And, you know, part of the brilliance of this suit does still uh, target the definition, statutory definition of a vaccine versus what they proclaimed this COVID-19 injection to be, which doesn't meet it. Even if Webster changes the dictionary, even if the media reports that it doesn't matter from a statutory perspective. So this is ongoing. The government tried to get the case dismissed. They failed miserably. And so we're moving yeah. on. So, the, yeah, the judge said that the, the Biden administration wanted a, a judgment from the bench, an immediate summary decision on that motion to dismiss. And the judge told him to pound sand that he was taking this under advisement and he would issue a written decision. Um since that, the other thing that happened at the end of that, uh, at the end of that hearing, Robert, that was so consequential is the judge kept open our ability to submit evidence. And as it happens, within a week, um, the article on Fauci coming out, 
arguing that, well, actually, this vaccine never was about providing immunity. It was about decreasing symptomology. But then another week and a half, Dr. Burks came out and stated, we knew I knew from the beginning that these vaccines were never going to help anybody. They were never going to prevent anything. That came out in an Epoch Times uh, article. Uh, we submitted both of those as well as the CDC's scrambling in the in the emails. As you remember, the the uh, publication that came out, the uh, um, investigative reporters had obtained the emails from the CDC, scrambling to change the definitions of vaccine and vaccination. Those are three of the uh, uh, three of the additional six pieces of evidence that we've provided to the court since that hearing. Uh, actually, it was a little bit late, of course, scrambling at that time. It makes them look even more guilty than we already know they are. They're, they're admissions. They're admissions of guilt. So the uh, the judge making that decision to keep that window open for us to uh, continue to provide uh, evidence. You know, Robert, we didn't really have to produce a lot of positive evidence to demonstrate our case. There is so much evidence that the opposing parties are creating that they're giving to us you know, that we can use uh, to support our thesis and uh, that cuts directly against their own. So we have not yet received that uh, that written opinion from the judge. We think that every day that passes that that opinion has not been written and issued is just another victory for us. Uh, we have found the pattern of federal judges in the cases where the government moves for a motion to dismiss in the in the cases where it's just when those cases are dismissed, it happens almost summarily from the bench without any kind of additional argument or written support. So the fact that we're more than a month into this uh, gives us uh, we're, we're very happy about it because I think this is a, an opinion that this judge is taking time to nail. Well, and as they think about the consequence of this case, Robert, the consequence of distinguishing the injection being a vaccine or being a medical treatment. If it was not a vaccine, then that begs the question, why say it's safe and effective? If it's safe and effective, why did you have to say it was safe and effective other than to compel people to take it? Other than to persuade people that your deceptive promotion and deceptive advertising, you know, not to pay attention to that. If if it wasn't if it wasn't a vaccine, then why the lockdowns? Well, these are active frauds. Active frauds. This is not a past yes. tense scenario. It's still ongoing. You can see billboards in many many states, especially yes. around you know medical center states, and safe and effective. Go get your jab. Go get your kids' jab. Yep. Now it's available for your kids, and it's like. It's an, uh, it's an effective uh, fraud that is still taking place. Now, I interviewed a few people. This is off the air for a documentary piece on, on injuries and dece deceptions. And I interviewed a layperson who was working in a lab, uh, funny enough, a PCR test lab where they were receiving the samples for testing. Uh, we didn't get into the fact that every test was like false and they, they desperately needed, if they got two falses in a row, they would say, give them a third test. And they'll run <laughs> the cycle count so high that it's I, they'll test positive for, you know, a Buick on Mars. I mean, that's the kind of craziness. And they could say whatever. But in his case, he was threatened with loss of his job. He said, look, you got to get the jab. 
it's required or else you can't work or you're going to have to find it. So he was coerced. He felt coerced. And of course, um, the reason we were interviewing, I was interviewing him is because after the second dose, he had significant, serious, adverse events. And well, the mildest of which was, you know, patchy hair loss, but cardiovascular serious events, lymphatic, uh, uh, uh tissue swelling might be cancerous. They're not sure. And then, uh, a nurse who was also told you got to take this, even though she was one of the frontline nurses in the midst of it, uh, when there was no jab vaccine or otherwise, and suddenly now there is one, you better take it or you're gone. We don't care all the things you did to risk your life in the midst of the early phases you're done. And in, in this case, this woman, a nurse said, well, I'm doing my duty to protect others because we were also told that if we just take the jab, it'll end it all. Right. How many times did they lie to us about that as it being a vaccine to prevent versus a treatment just maybe to make it milder? And so there was series and series after series after interview and still more to come of people who have been harmed and her husband who was harmed not because of the jab, but because he was brought to a hospital with respiratory issues, pneumonia, and then was killed in the hospital yeah. on the vent. And so there's so yeah. many what we call victims in terms of the law. Uh, at a certain point, we must wake up and no longer be victims and no longer fall prey. But your efforts in at prosecute.io raising the stakes for the bad guys as they continue to push this known fraud. Well, and this, uh, thank you, Robert. The, this case, Griner versus Biden, will be a case that uh, we hope will be uh, a storied case in uh, in the law schools, you know, years from now. The, the progeny of this case, that is the, the case that the Biden versus, or the Griner versus Biden case will give rise to, uh, are, I, I think, uh, almost without number. Uh, the the dynamics of this case, getting a positive decision from this court stating that factually these injections were not vaccines and as a consequence unconstitutional will open floodgates of civil litigation. Um, we're more interested, however, in the criminal investi- in the criminal side of things because it's the it's the conviction of a felony, Robert, associated with these injections that will cause the vaccine liability protection shield to fail. And so uh, the exposure of all the manufacturers, all the distributors, all the promoters, there will be no shield of protection for all those who have their fingerprints uh, on the production, promotion, distribution of of these uh, gene therapy shots and all the death and injury that they've caused. And, and those doctors and nurses, monumental case, this is a monumental case. Those doctors and nurses, promoters within health departments will scurry like the rats that they are behaving as those that have not woken up to this fraud. And, you know, they're stepping out and speaking out. We feature them on this show as well. The good folks that have, have woken up to this, but those that are continuing to hold tight to that fraud, are going to be made liable or their perception is their liability will, will, will reach them. And then suddenly they will abandon it because they're cowards. And and so this is an important aspect of human behavior, Stan, and you know, this, that when humans are convinced that they have no liability or consequence to their actions, even formerly good people become horrible, rotten people. 
And I'm not saying that 100%, but it's been shown time and time again. If you are convinced that there are no consequences to your actions, then you start doing really bad things. So we must uh, put that consequence back into action to limit the behavior of those that won't limit their own behavior and that violate consistently our rights to life, liberty, and property. And that leads also to prosecutions on a local level, sheriffs yeah. deputizing folks to go after these criminals. And that's a yeah. that's a tall order because most sheriffs are not like Sheriff Richard Mack or others that believe in the constitutional authority that they've been granted when they became sheriff. Well, on that point, Robert, I would ask uh, a few things from your listeners. Um, we are having many conversations, Dr. David Martin and I are having many conversations with law enforcement officials uh, and um, district attorneys at county levels across the country. Um, we're specifically focused on a few uh, counties that we would like some help. Um, as we look uh, as we look down the road, we we're looking for what we identify as our our, our prime victim profile, our perfect victim profile uh, for which we will bring criminal investigations and prosecutions. So that victim profile is an individual that was twice jabbed with a Pfizer or Moderna product uh, and then hospitalized and treated with remdesivir within, the four, within 14 days of that second jab. That's the victim profile we're looking for that's uh, to pursue our criminal investigations. And here's why the, the criminal, the crimes that we'll be investigating include capital murder, uh, felony murder and reckless homicide. Um, the treating patients that have been injected with a bioweapon with remdesivir that had a, a proven kill rate of 53% uh, establishes sufficient mens rea or the intention uh, to demonstrate a, a willing intent to kill, not to treat. These were, that, that required protocol of uh, the use of remdesivir, particularly with those who had been injected twice with the bioweapon, uh, the outcomes were known. Mm -hmm. They were known. Uh, our, our primary objective, Robert, is we'll initially beginning, uh, our initial investigations will include one individual, and that's uh, Dr. Ralph Barrick at UNC Chapel Hill. Yeah, that uh, goes deep to the heart his of the conspiracy. His participation yeah. of the spike protein, his participation in the creation of remdesivir, he's, uh, he's the perfect candidate. All right. Well, let's go to the rightful remedy outside of the political and, and, and legal system and talk about what we can do to help people in their health, in their physical body health. And, and that's what I want to do. I'm going to show everybody on, up on screen here real quick. Let me see if I can make this work. I don't have my super Don here. So let's see, go full screen. There's Stan and hour two. We got Ula Tinsley joining us in a special bonus. Our great friend, Leslie uh, is going to join as well. And as we're talking now uh, to Stan, uh, as you scroll down, you'll see the different stories we're covering. And of course, what I want to transition into is some of the science that we haven't even covered yet. Believe it, we've covered a lot on the Cardio Miracle product, which I take every day. 
and which facilitates extraordinary ability to push my body to limits in my 50s that I was struggling with in my 20s I couldn't do. And so I'm grateful for this. And this is how I start my day. This is how Super Don starts his day. I know many of you have begun to do this as well. If you click on that link, it'll take you to a special page where you'll get a significant discount. Uh, you can try it for 60 days, no risk, 100% money back guarantee as well. And I'm just showing that up on screen real quick if you haven't considered this. And the testing that it's been through, many of the, the times we've discussed the, the benefits of a comprehensive array of nutrients, bringing, bringing those things into the body that the body lacks, that suddenly you're able to facilitate the production of something very critical, the miracle molecule they call nitric oxide. And the same time reduce the negative aspect of that which would be the peroxynitrite rise that is a very pro-inflammatory molecule or a series of molecules and we can get that neutralized so that it's not a problem and then we found out more recently that this formula could facilitate the body's utilization of the vitamin d that is likely already there and that means what efficiency of action of metabolic functions that have been corrupted with the lack of certain nutrients that facilitate those productions to happen. And I've argued, Stan, a lot of people have become very enthusiastic fans of vitamin D, keep taking it and taking it and taking it, maybe in the wrong form, I don't know, but they're not getting the full benefit, why their body's not able to utilize or convert the stored form into the active form. Now, that was another big, big leap that we understood. Another one more recently, we learned about the enhanced autophagy or autophagy the idea that the body has to we know take things debris dead cells cells are dying and cleanse them help grab them pull them out to get them out of the body this is lymphatic drainage this is liver detox this is all of that and so we see enhancements there but today stan you introduced me to something else related to the uh is it the beta cells of the pancreas the beta one cells of the pancreas yeah, a bit of a shocker that uh, Cardio Miracle supports the regeneration, the healthy regeneration of pancreatic beta-1 cells. Mm. And so it actually has the ability. We have a we have a study in white paper form has not yet been submitted for peer review, but will be. But here's the conclusion of the research uh, from emergency analytics systems. The uh, that Cardio Miracle's effect on pancreatic beta cells and, and downstream uh, from, that, uh, from that help can um, prevent a pre-diabetic from going into full-blown diabetes, type 2 diabetes. Uh, it's, it's quite a phenomenal, uh, quite a phenomenal finding. I'd like to read to you, if I could, just a little bit from the study, Robert, if that's okay. Absolutely. I think this... It's a brilliant insight, given the way that uh, emergent um, systems analytics does their work. It's in silico, in silico uh, research. So the research they produce is based on over 17 million um, peer-reviewed articles that, are this, that uh, study the different ingredients in Cardio Miracle. And so they've identified almost 800 mechanisms of action in Cardio Miracle. Now the process is uh, the in silico testing they do is to identify how these, you know, nearly 800 mechanisms of actions that are showing up in these natural ingredients in Cardio Miracle, how they're affecting molecular networks in the body that communicate and work together with other molecular networks. It's an absolutely fascinating 
methodology of, of research. But here's one one statement I'd like to I'd like to read from the from the study. A retrospect a retrospective analysis. So looking in the in the rearview mirror on how research has been done on type two diabetes treatment. It says this retrospective analysis of type two diabetes treatment outcomes suggests that current hypoglycemic agents frequently produce insufficient hyperglycemic control and islet cell protection. Current treatments by targeting single mechanisms of action do not integrate mechanisms that support integrity of insulin receptor signaling, insulin secretion, healthy islet cell functions, and beta cell renewal. Robert, before the show, we were talking about the how so much of the research that has been done for the last, oh, just, you know, 100 years in medical research has been performed by taking single uh, single ingredient or single molecule uh, uh, act, uh, mechanisms and testing them on an, on an isolated cell. But everything's been done in isolation. And so the consequence of all of that research done on cells that have been isolated outside of their natural environment by a single mechanism produces, you know, a completely irresponsible outcome. Because as, as, you, as you identified, you've known for decades, you would take a cell out of its environment, out of its collective environment with other cells, isolate it, it immediately begins to dysfunction. Yes, it's in distress as anything is when forced into isolation, which is, again, part of the uh, psychological operations conducted on many people around the planet uh, under COVID lockdowns and shutdowns. But when we look at the deep level of biological or metabolic functions of every living cell in community versus in isolation, uh, it's quite different. But we're talking about a synergy of action a symphony of action. We've often talked about how everything works together. And that's why, you know, the Cardio Miracle is such a brilliant product. That's miraculous because John Hewlett, you know, not a trained PhD physician doctor comes up with this thing. And it's like divinely inspired. Every time it's in, it's analyzed, you find out something more, more amazing about it. And now the benefit to the beta one cells of the pancreas, I, I'm thinking, you know, what's the potential in terms of regeneration when we talk about early phases of the manifestation of type one diabetes, I know that's the next step in looking at this, but that seems to be irreversible because of the seemingly permanent damage to pancreatic cells in such circumstance, often following uh, the childhood vaccines or even boosters in uh, their teen years or even adult years that facilitate or bring on at least temporally associated with those vaccines resulting in a type one diabetes diagnosis different from type two. Well, so let me read you just a couple of things here, again, from the from the research study. It says that uh, this is the effect of nitric oxide, long-term nitric oxide, vitamin D, you know, that, uh, that the Cardio Miracle helps the body produce. Number one, increases insulin receptor sensitivity. Number two, prevents pancreatic islet B-cell dysfunctions. Three, reverses impairment of glucose and arginine stimulated insulin secretion. Four, decreases islet inflammation, decreases excessive transforming growth factor B receptors, signaling forming a, patho a pathogenic positive feedback loop. So that would take a little while to figure out everything that that actually means to, uh, you know, to the 
to the untrained ear of all those. Uh, well, I even have to digest that for a little while. That's big time. And of course, our good friend, PhD, smartest woman I know, pretty much, G- Judy Mikovits, who I got to hang out with last weekend in Pittsburgh, also is taking the cardio miracle every day. And and we're not saying it in isolation either. I mean, you know, I supplement other things that I that I perceive I need, but boy, it's a comprehensive array of nutrients as well that you might be able to reduce some of the other things you might not need uh, when you're doing it to simplify things. So if you haven't already started the Cardio Miracle, put it to the test. You know, there's a 60 day money back guarantee. You're not risking anything ultimately. Well, I'm drinking some right here, Robert. Actually, I'm fasting today as well because you know. What was it? Several weeks ago, you said, hey, you, I learned that you fast every Friday. I don't know why I didn't figure that out earlier. And I said, well, I'm going to join you. I'll be doing that. But uh, but I'm fasting with cardio today. Yeah. And uh, because, as you said, the one of the major benefits that we look for from the fasting practice is the benefits of autophagy, that cell cleaning process that fasting really, uh, really juices up. And so, the, as you've identified, the, the science that we have back on Cardio Miracle is that it actually upregulates auto, uh, autophagy um, by downregulating a protein called cavaline 1, which is a, an autophagy inhibitor. So now it's possible to fast, nutrify your body, and, and, and get a better result than mere fasting. Yes. And, and some people stand because of pancreatic issues, interestingly enough, have a great deal of difficulty in fasting for a few hours, much less an entire day or a 24 hour yes. period or a two or three day. So for those of you who have considered fasting and don't seem to think you can, what Stan is talking about is fasting with cardio miracle to enhance the fast, if you will, because yep. part of the reason for it, as you pointed out, cleansing the body, cleansing the cells, the debris. And we can enhance or accelerate that so you don't have as much, uh, uh, let's say, deterrence to do it. And you can accomplish it. Maybe it's only half a day the first time, but that's part of the process. I couldn't fast hardly an hour you know, between meals when I started years and years ago before I knew all that I know today, being hypoglycemic at the time. Uh, so these are extraordinary things that can make simpler the things you are go- you're goal-oriented toward. Better health, better functionality, better fitness levels. All of these things relate. And uh, if you if you can find a buddy to work out with, that's even better. Uh, what are are you going for a run tomorrow morning? Or you want to hit the kickboxing gym? What's, I what actually have some I have some speed training tonight. So uh, two hundred meter repeats. They're <laughs> followed by eight hundred meter repeats. It's going to be a. What time are you going to do that? Uh, I'll do that about six thirty. Six thirty. Hmm. See if I break my fast. I, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll, I try to work out first thing in the morning on a fast day, yeah. and I didn't because I was with my wife. We were doing some other things uh, with uh, uh, Dr. Ray Andrews, a great, great uh, physician, nice man. And I think that uh, my plan is after the show to go out and do a workout. I don't know if I, it'll be at six thirty or not, but I'll, I'll talk to you about that. Maybe we can connect. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, but well, I, maybe I'll move mine up if we can get together this evening. That would be epic. Okay. Yeah. That, or that even could tomorrow, be really cool. if we can get together tomorrow, Robert, I'm, you know, I'm in the neighborhood. So love okay. to stop by and see you. That would be awesome. Oh, by the way, did you see, did you see what I picked today, this morning, right before the show? Check I it got out. a couple of zucchinis. This one, I, I know, mentioned it before we started. This looks like a crook neck zucchini. I don't know that there is one, but that's what it looks like. Uh, and a regular, but they're this, I think they're similar, meant to be the same plant. So they grew different, but you, of course we don't use toxic pesticides here. I just want to remind everybody about this. If you have pest problems and you're growing things organically, like I am, 
you can still use something to, you know, discard some of the pests you don't want. And this is Orange Guard. It's made from the distillate of the orange peel, the limonene. It's this, this is God's natural pesticide. It, was, it won't harm your pets. It won't harm your kids. You can spray it around, you know, organic things. Look at me. I think I have, yeah, here's the shot of me in, in the, uh, the greenhouse. And it's a nice. wonderful thing. You can even go into your local Ace Hardware and get Orange Guard. In the midst of all the other stuff that, unfortunately, they do carry, they have this Orange Guard product, orangeguard.com. And uh, they, ha- they have been a great supporter of the Robert Scott Bell Show, and I appreciate them. We use their products, and they're absolutely wonderful. And by the way, when I go to the local Ace Hardwares, I buy stuff with gold backs. And even more than that, you know how That's I was, cool. I was, really? Yeah, I, yeah, they accept gold backs. And I was pointing out the absurdity, in a sense, if we were looking from our ancestors, and they saw today that we... And not everybody, but a lot, you know, look, I don't have a job other than when I'm outside doing the gardening or yard work and things that requires me to physically really be intense. So we have to artificially create that environment. So I go to that gym and I kickbox and do all that stuff to work the body out. And guess what? I pay for my gym membership there in gold. I pay in gold backs. Folks, this is the time not to wait for permission to do these things. We must change the cultural norm to be able to exchange things that have value and that will retain value even after the Federal Reserve note completely tanks and they try to digitize you with a chip and block you from doing anything because you won't get the latest, greatest booster of a not vaccine. <laughs> well, I got to get signed up on the Goldbacks program, Robert. Are you For serious? Sure. Yeah. For reals, my friend. For reals. Yeah. We got a lot of folks out here uh, uh, appreciative of you as I am. And all that you and, and John Hewlett and the team there at the uh, at, at the Cardio Miracle and also at prosecutenow.io. Also, I remember when we were there at the Red Pill Expo, I ha- I gave I think I was trying to give this to you, but it was snatched out of your hand by our good friend, former uh, uh, baseball player. Uh, he hasn't been on the show in a while. And and I don't know if he's using it or not, but the IGF-1 is another yes, aspect. Yes, he is, yeah. Next I use that every player. day as well. Yeah, you do. Three all right, times so, a day. We got the deer antler velvet, deer velvet antler. How do you say it? Anyway, but it's the IGF one plus and you go to a keys to life dot shop. You enter the code code discount code bell and you'll get like a buy one, get one uh, free or something like that. It's a really good deal. So that's, that's another good. part of next level fitness and recovery. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I say, I, I use Christopher stuff every day. That's good stuff. Christopher Key is bringing it. So thank you, Christopher. And I hope that you guys will take advantage of the, the offer that uh, is available because uh, of the support for the Robert Scott Bell Show. Again, next level, redu- if you want to reduce weight in, in, a, in the bad weight, we're talking about the fat you don't need and increase muscle because I like to put weight on, but the muscle weight. And I have definitely increased muscle mass with the utilization of the IGF-1 because, uh, look, I have a hard time keeping weight on. I know that annoys some people. But what, for whatever reason, I think eating organic for 30 years has been helpful. My body doesn't look to retain fat to dilute the toxic burden because I've reduced my exposure to the greatest degree I can, knowing that I still have to deal with things I can't avoid just by breathing the air. And that comes back to the cardio miracle benefit of the autophagy or autophagy and the ability to facilitate and help the body to detox and cleanse the things it needs to remove. But then there's the thing that you do, you know, like 1,700 reps at anything in a given time period any morning. Well, that, that was a the, little bit. That'll keep you trim as well. <laughs> yeah, and that was the thing. I was looking for my my readout on the last one. 
uh, yeah. uh, where I, I won the, the, the challenge of the week, which was the super challenge or the, uh, the, the max out challenge where they max out every round and count the reps for the whole nine rounds. And I, I was, I was getting up close to 1800 reps from the last one where I won for the whole gym. Yeah. And I said, gosh, it'd be great to beat 1800 reps. And I don't know what happened. I got like 1978 reps. I, I, I beat my record by about 200 from the last time, six months ago. Again, continue with the cardio miracle, doing the IGF one. And, and so, yeah, so I won in my gym and there were only two people at the other gym. That's that a 10 per- what? Percent improvement. Yeah, no, I was, it was like, that's holy crazy. Moly. Yeah, that's crazy. So Good for you, I was man. pleased, obviously. And then there were two people at the other gym that is owned by the same people that, uh, and that one was a supercharged trainer in his twenties. And the other one was a fanatical, you know, gym goer also in his twenties. And, and I'm like, dude, I'm not upset. I got beat by two guys in their twenties that are super fit. Uh, but the point is I try to explain these things, not so I'm bragging, even though super Don thinks I'm bragging, but it's to say that even if you've been chronically ill, like I was in my younger years, and had to overcome a lot in your fifties or Stan, you now 60 or approaching 60 almost. Yeah, right? I don't even use that you word because my body believes what I tell it. <laughs> right. It's much, much younger than the years you've been traveling around the sun yeah. in that earth suit. Uh, but the point is you can achieve extraordinary things that others it's would true. say that's impossible. And the point is Stan, your evidence of it's possible and probable if you do the right thing, because we've talked about your history too, as yeah. well as mine and others. So I'm excited to quote unquote brag about it with the hopes that it inspires you, not annoys you. I know I can annoy super Don. He's the producer. He's okay. If he's annoyed, but you, you guys, I'm not trying to annoy you. So anyway, Stan, anything else before we wrap up this hour, we got uh, my friend, Ula Tinsley joining us and Leslie's going to join us. And I have a surprise guest at the end of the bonus round today. So it's going to be fun. Much love to Ula and uh, Robert, much love to you for all you do. You've been such a phenomenal, such a phenomenal friend to me, such a great uh, advocate um for all we're doing and supporting us uh, i'm so grateful for you and thanks again for the time we can share i i love you and i appreciate all your listeners as well when when good people get together good things happen yeah absolutely no we don't need forced isolation yeah. we need to come together and enjoy one another and of course anytime we're at events together it's a blast as well and i'll give you a holler after the show see if we can Hit some fitness routine or something. That would be nice. Roger that. All right. Stanford Graham, my brother. Thank you for being on. Great, Here's great everybody. return. Great updates from prosecute uh, now.io. I appreciate you and I appreciate all y'all. Please say thanks to those that support this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty. And remember, if you want to get the uh, newsletter from Super Don, it's as simple as texting RSB. Text RSB. Let's see if you can do that to 22828. Send RSB to 22828, and uh, we'll get you plugged in. And with that, we're going to take a momentary educational pause at the top of the hour, and we'll be joined by Ula and hopefully uh, Leslie as well. And I can just kick back and relax while Superdon's out and about, and all the pressure will be on them, not me. How about that? Thanks for being here, y'all. We'll be right back with more Powerful Healing because the power to heal is yours.
The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Robert Scott Bell Show. All right. Thank you all for being here with me on a Friday. It is a Friday. We are, uh, what, August 12th already? How do we get to August so quickly? And I'm grateful to my friend Stan for joining me in hour one. And thanks for Super Don for hooking us up all remotely, uh, setting me up and telling me this is the button to push. And I, I, I screwed up on a few buttons today, but maybe it's not a big deal. Uh, but I'm glad uh, this hour, especially, I, I'm thrilled because ah, to be supported by such wonderful souls like Ula and Leslie, who we'll bring on in a moment, uh, that have added so much to this program, to my life, the life of my family, bright lights that have, uh, you know, bring, bring in smiles to people. And they've had their own challenges to overcome, as we all do in this lifetime, but finding ways to come through them and overcome them and uh, very, very filled with the spirit. And, and that's what, you know, whatever belief system you have out there. And I realize we have a, I don't know if it's called a plurality of different beliefs, a lot of different beliefs out there. But the perspective on life that, you know, you know, when you're around people that you're uplifted by when you're there, you just, you feel it. And that's the sense of, you know, that's why I, I love people who love life. And I could extend that to say, I love people who love God. I know everybody's got a different perspective on what that means, but you feel it, you sense it, and then you know it and uh, you can be inspired to it. And of course that involves, of course, what I say, the healing that I desired in this lifetime and the lessons I learned about healing, how it could bring us together, no matter what your background and belief system is, the desire to feel really good, well, recover, all of those things. Maybe that could melt some of the differences politically and otherwise. It's been a challenge, of course, with a lot of people operating in fear, whether it be COVID or now monkeypox or whether it be Marburg or whatever else they try to throw at us. But to recognize the, the diminishment of our divinity by those that frighten us out of our connection to the source of all of our power and all of our healing. And that, of course, is that vitamin L, too, that I love so much love. And uh, that's what I feel in the presence of these people, love, you know, that loving presence. And I pray and hope that you guys find that in your life, if you haven't already, or that can increase that. If you want to have a great yardstick to measure your life by, measure the amount of love in your life. And I don't mean that as something that somebody's going to go, well, I don't have a lot of that. Uh, thanks a lot, Robert. That's not what I'm saying. But to recognize that that is a way, maybe you're, you're targeting success in a different way that is not truly fulfilling and it could focus on something else that would sustain you even greater than what you perceive to be the chasing of Federal Reserve notes. If you're still engaged in that materialistic reductionism, it's not fulfilling ultimately. <sighs> well, that's what I got to say before I bring up these two awesome, awesome healers in their own right. Let me see if I can do this at the same time. Hi, Ula. Oh, let me adjust my camera. Hi, Leslie. Hello. Hey. We got you both. And look at you, Leslie in the great outdoors. Ula stuck inside, not not allowed. Are you are you grounded, Ula? What is what is going on? You're not in the great outdoors today. No, I'm not. It's uh, you see, I had my my what is it, Farrah Fawcett hair, all nice and big, and I walked up the hill, and it's yes. South Carolina weather for you. Human. Well, and that's that's why the brilliance of Leslie, she's made pigtails out of her flowing Farrah Fawcett yes. hair. Yes. Yes. My hair wasn't like this earlier when I did my check-in. <laughs> <laughs> I started sweating. I got home and I started doing stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is not a good look. Let's go with the braids. <laughs> it looked lovely. 
Absolutely. Always. Absolutely lovely. And Ula, you can turn your camera down a little bit so we don't have as much headroom. I know you're impressed with your own achievements, which we are too. We don't have to show them off. <laughs> no, it's just I wanted to have level. I wasn't sure how. No, it's great. Uh, look, I, I know there's a few things I want to talk to you both about, but I don't want to direct you upon opening if you've been at all part of the show today or any t- other time that you want to throw in some commentary on anything to begin. And I'll start with you, Ula, you know, what you've been witnessing. And, and I know you had a recent trip out west to, uh, for, for your son, Michael. I've got yes. the Autism One Conference coming up next weekend, and it sort of relates to that. But I just yes. want to like said, throw it out to you in terms of anything that we've covered today you want to add your perspective on. Uh, well, nothing to really add. I mean, I, I liked uh, Stan's perspective and what he covered. I um, I didn't hear the last part. Did he mention silicon um, study or something about the nitric oxide and the silicon? I'm not sure if I heard correct. No, I don't. I don't remember if it was referencing silicon. Uh, of any kind, but uh, okay. the, the breakthrough new discussion on, on the Cardio Miracle formulation today was something we hadn't heard about before, which was related specifically to the beta-1 cells of the pancreas. Yes. Uh, and that's huge because there are so many pancreatic issues. And, you know, as I've talked about, even renal or kidney tissue issues related to vasculature, but there's probably something more here that they, I don't know, I haven't figured out yet, but I'm fascinated by it. And that's awesome, like, you know, traditional Chinese medicine, which is neuroacupuncture is part of traditional Chinese medicine combined with the Western neuroscience. But uh, they are talking about this uh, Zhang Fu organs, which is uh, the wet organs and the or the interior organs and the exterior, they call it, uh, like yin and yang uh, balance. And basically what the Chinese medicine is looking at, for example, lungs, and large intestines are connected. It's the same meridian. And uh, if you have congested lungs, uh, most likely it will uh, go down in the meridian. It will uh, radiate to your large intestine and you may have constipation, bloating and stuff like that, or a heart. And I believe it's pancreas. Uh, those two uh, somehow are correlated. And uh, I'm still learning. It's just so vast. Traditional Chinese medicine, it's, it's amazing. And it's so old. And uh, it combined neuroacupuncture, which is uh, fairly new, although the scalp acupuncture was uh, practiced apparently even in the emperor's uh, time in 100 BC, um, which is fascinating. But they knew the correlation between the brain and all the other organs. Like chiropractic, they know that the vagus nerve is responsible for all the other um, organs it controls. So if you have uh, properly adjusted spine, you don't have any subluxations, the, the flow will be going. The same with our brain and the neurological side of the connection and the chi and blood connection or the yin and yang. Um, it's all very fascinating because I've noticed we went to Neuroacupuncture Institute and uh, Dr. Jason Howe specifically in uh, New Mexico, Santa Fe. He also has a clinic in Albuquerque. Um, they even have, uh, in Santa Fe, they have a day assigned to celebrate Dr. Jason and Linda Howe. So there is a, a Jason and Linda Howe day in Santa Fe to celebrate their work and achievement because they've been helping so many people. And the governor there just uh, cannot speak highly enough of them. And 
Now I understand why, because they're truly amazing people and uh, miracle workers, even though Dr. Jason Howe doesn't like to be called miracle work- worker, he's a man of science, uh, but what he did for our son, what he did for other people that we met, and even over the years, it was just mind-blowing. And he explained to us um, how it helped Michael, because Michael, as you know, is mostly nonverbal. He was vaccine injured uh, when he was around two years old and he lost his ability to speak. So uh, after that, it was getting harder and harder for him to form uh, even two, three word phrases. Right now, he's trying to be more verbal, even though um, the speech is not as clear like, you know, if he goes out somewhere uh, in the restaurant, if he tries to order something, if he points and uses his tablet and try to speak with his uh, speaking device, uh, communication device, then it's a lot easier for him. But he's trying and he's opening up more um, sensory issues uh, are coming back. I mean, positive, positive. Yes. A lot of memories are coming back that were blocked That's or great. disturbed. It's just... Ula, I, I want to pause here because I, as much as we're it's old home week with you guys here, you gals here, <laughs> and many of our, our, our you know loyal family of viewers and listeners, there are people that are new all the time to this show, believe it or not. Yes, some people are discovering it just now. Better late than never. Uh, Ula Tinsley has Tikva Health. She's a graduate of Trinity School of Natural Health as well. Uh, brilliant. She's lived through, you know, the last vestiges of communism coming out of Poland. You've been around the world. You come to America. You appreciate the, the, the principles of liberty, which we live, try to live by and espouse. And of course, you and your husband, Mark, who's a pastor there in South Carolina, just wonderful heart centered people. Your, your son, Michael, was injured by vaccines into the autism spectrum. And that's the journey here. And now yes. it sounds like you're actually diving into neuroacupuncture yourself, much less all the other education. You're not just like, let's take Michael and see. Yeah, I want to learn. You're going in. Yes, deep. I do. And actually, I already asked. Dr. Jason, because he is training other uh, practitioners. He's got over 40 years of experience in neuroacupuncture. He was one of the first. Uh, he got his degree in China and then in America. I mean, he is uh, highly educated and uh, very, very well uh, aware of different medical issues. Uh, but his focus is on neurological issues, and he's trying to restore those issues for people who, who have been suffering from stroke, uh, PTSD, uh, MS, fibromyalgia, um, autism, ADHD, ADD, um, polio, uh, cerebral palsy, all kinds of things. Now, this is you. You drove all the way across country from South That's Carolina right. to, to, to Santa Fe. You don't <laughs> yes. do that. You don't do that Third if it doesn't time. work. It, you no. know. Yes. And that, that says a lot. Now, there's a website. It's linked up in the show notes today at robertscatbell.com. I'll take you to neuro, N-E-U-R-O, acupuncturinstitute.org. That'll get you That's there. Right. For those that want to learn more, maybe we can get that doctor on. Now, mm-hmm. for those that are new, I don't know how they found the show, but I, I got to go back because they don't maybe know your backstory, and I'll get it from Leslie as well. Because everybody's about thievery and trickery and deception nowadays. What did I do? To originally trick you to listen or be part of the Robert Scott Bell show. Clearly, there was deception there. <laughs> what did I do? Sure. Actually, you can thank uh, Ty and Charlene because I was watching uh, The Truth About Cancer, I believe. And uh, I think it was the Quest for Cure, the first one. And I was still in Cyprus, in Middle East. And uh, I was just uh, listening to all those great 
physicians and healers and uh, just, you know, doctors like yourself. And uh, you caught my attention and talking about silver, talking about even the lung cancer, I believe, um, and uh, restoring the gut microbiome uh, through your silver owl protocol. And I was like, wow, you know, maybe forget cancer, but maybe this will help my son. So I sent you a message. I think it was through Facebook. I don't remember even when, but it was years ago. And I was like, oh, probably they will not even acknowledge, you know, some Polish girl in Cyprus sending friend requests. And you responded right away. And you were like asking questions and trying to help me. I'm like, wow. So, yes. I, I, and uh, all this time I thought it was my goofy good looks. Uh, that came later when I saw that. Yeah. 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 And so now a similar question to our good friend, Leslie, who can't even write her full last name because who can pronounce it if you're out you know, in, in any way dyslexic? Uh, Leslie Goody uh, and your six girls and your wonderful husband, James. Uh, for those of you who don't know Leslie, again, she's just a bright light uh, and, and done so, some amazing things. Been through a lot. Part of our support system as well through our patrons and we get to meet once a month whenever we're available, and we just have a great time together. Uh, but you have six girls. Aren't you worried about the influence I might have, uh, exposing them to what I have to say? A little bit. <laughs> There's the honesty I'm looking for. Nope. Actually, my kids are, we're starting a homeschool co-op in a couple weeks, and their biggest thing was, Mom, do you think the people there care if everything we eat is organic? Because they're taking a couple cooking classes. And I'm like, well, just don't try to be a know-it-all and tell them, <laughs> tell them why it's not good to eat certain things. <laughs> They're like, but it's not good. They're eating white sugar and white flour. <laughs> so, no, I'm not worried. Well, I, I find that it is a challenge, especially when these kids are as aware as your kids are. Uh, how do you interact with your peer group? And I've witnessed that difficulty with my own children uh, as they grow up. But they've found a way. And, and I try to be hum, good humor about this as well. Like at the gym, I talk about going and trying to be a good influence on the people so that they'll not only work out like they are, but they'll also eat better. And, and I annoy them, but in a loving, funny way where they're not really annoyed. They pretend they're annoyed and, and we make fun about it. And, and I guess, you know, that's a, it's a delicate thing in terms of we really want to help people, but we also got to respect and honor wherever they are, what they're ready for. Right. That's a hard thing to teach kids. To, for them to understand where to respect a person's boundary because they're children and to them this is truth and everybody should understand what the truth is, right? If you know how to live a life, your life and you know how to live it right and to the best of your ability, then of course you want to share that with other people when you see them living in a way that isn't productive for them. So it's it's definitely challenging, but my, my twins went up to Michigan with James for 10 days and we're with my family alone, just my kids with my mom and my sister. And my family calls me and they're like, your kids are amazing. I'm like, yeah, because they're by themselves. <laughs> I'm like, be with them every day. You might not say that, but <laughs> they really are amazing kids. You know, you just, you do the best you can with what you have. And yes. you pray that you don't mess them up too bad. <laughs> so. Well, I have to say. You both being on the show today is make, making me smile on the inside as well, because, you know, it's been a hard couple of days since, you know, learning of the loss of my friend, Michael Badnarik. You know, even if you're prepared and you know somebody that doesn't have a long time left, when it happens, it's just like you can't help yeah. but feel all these emotions. And, uh, and some people 
kind of hide out and, and kind of deal. But I, I love to engage and, and be with people that are, are, you know, again, uplifting and happy and smiling. And it's not that we don't have sad times too. all of us. It's part of life. But we don't push each other away in those events. We can come together and honor and just allow people to have the emotions they have and just support them, pray, whatever it is. And again, I appreciate both of you for uh, lightening the, the burden today for me. Well, it's my pleasure to be here, especially with Leslie co-hosting. <laughs> I know. Message me. She's like, are you nervous? I said, no, because you're going to be there to hold my hand. Are you telling me that if she wasn't here, you'd be nervous because it's just me? A little, yeah. <laughs> I always knew I was intimidating. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, there's a there's a story here. I, I don't know if, if Super Don sent this to both of you or just Ula or, or Ula found this. This is off of the Defender. Uh, and let me see if I can pull it up on screen here for everybody to see that's watching. Uh, one moment. There it is. It says, U.S. healthcare system doesn't care if you live or die as long as it gets paid and it acknowledges what we've said, the U S healthcare system, it's not a healthcare system. It's a disease creation and disease management system. Uh, it's a killer, a direct killer. And it's apparently designed to be indifferent to human suffering, to life and death. And this is kind of what I saw with the nurses I was interviewing as well. The disappointment that they had in their own profession, especially in COVID where it was so me mechanistic and you know, you were treating people like they were machines the humanity was lost. The compassion was lost. It was just a horrible, horrible scenario. And then if they just simply asked questions about what they were doing, then they were treated less than, you know, human if, as well. And so the system itself from A to Z is so corrupt outside of the very narrow area where modern medicine can shine to keep people alive on the battlefield, so to speak, of life. If you look at it that way or if you get hit by a bus, break an arm, etc., but what is it about this story, Ula, that, that you would, you know, have some perspective on? No, it was uh, mentioning also the race and um, uh, the race aspect of uh, that black race uh, would be more prone to diseases and um, even suicide and uh, asthma um, or lung issues than the um, white race. And uh, basically that the government e or healthcare system doesn't care um, if they cure a patient as long as they are being paid well for it. Mm -hmm. So um, it's a great breakdown uh, in detail about all the costs, um, insulin and even the uh, screening tests like colonoscopy, the cost. And uh, if you break a leg, if you go to ER and the cost, if you have insurance or if you don't have insurance. And then if you have insurance, depending on how good your insurance is, they're going to find different things. I mean, it's it's a very good article. I really recommend. Um, I'm, I'm looking right it. now at a graph of life expectancy versus the money spent. Right. You know, a lot of people that are under the wrong impression about outcomes think if we only spent more money, we'd have better outcomes. And mm -hmm. if you look across the bottom to the right, in increased expenditures, you, the U.S. is blowing away every country in terms of expense, but yes. we are so far below all the industrialized nations in terms of life expectancy. Uh, right. based on It's not about money <laughs> per se. It's really about the system itself. Yeah, because it's it's really a lucrative business uh, for healthcare and for insurance companies. Um, it's actually more profitable to keep people sick and needy 
rather than uh, restoring them to full health. I mean, like in countries like um, part of the Germany, uh, Italy, Portugal, um, I believe even some parts of Spain, they have, and Netherlands, they use neuro, uh, not neuro, acupuncture, um, traditional acupuncture as part of the um, healthcare. And it's covered by insurance. Not all, but um, some uh, insurance companies offer acupuncture as a treatment and um, as a preventative medicine. And it's covered by insurance. Of course, America will never um, well, never say never, but uh, it doesn't look uh, very likely that we're going to have treatments like acupuncture or therapeutic massages and uh, non-invasive medicine. Yeah, That's right. By that system. So, Leslie, you have six girls. And I got to yep. ask you, how, how do you navigate uh, the so-called healthcare system that we know is disease creation and disease management, raising six girls, you and your husband? Well... 17 years ago, right after we got married, James was actually di diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. And it was at that diagnosis and the medication that they gave him that we realized that's exactly what this whole system was set up for. It, it had nothing to do with healing his body, nothing to do with aiding him in living a full, productive, healthy life at all. And it had everything to do with how much money they could make with the prescriptions, the testing, because they were like, okay, you know, you're, you have ulcerative colitis probably in the next two years, you're going to have Crohn's and two to three years after that, you're going to have a colostomy bag. That was their prognosis. Um, and looking back after I looked at his scans years later, I was like, you have one, you had one small ulcer and it was very small in his and colon, but he has hypersensitivity, so any little bit of inflammation in his body, his whole body freaks out. So mm -hmm. it just was exasperated because of his unique body and how he set up. But when he was diagnosed, when he was given his first medication, and within the first two weeks, he gained about 30 to 40 pounds. Um, and he looked at me and said, this medication is going to kill me. I'd, I'd rather just die. And I looked wow. at him and said, if God created people and they've, they've survived this long, it seems that our bodies were able to heal themselves. Our bodies should keep us alive. And so with that mindset, I started searching for natural ways to heal him. And actually, that's how I stumbled across you too, because I was watching through about cancer and found you. And um, in that journey, you know, we still made a lot of choices. We still vaccinated our children. We, we didn't know any different. I mean, when I had my first, I trusted my doctor. She had actually been my, my doctor as a kid. She was my OB. She delivered my first child. Uh, and I asked her what, what's necessary, what's not necessary. And she was honest. And she's like, well, I'm going to tell you the only unnecessary vaccine is hep B. So I wouldn't give any of your kids that because I don't even give that to myself unless they're leaving the country when they're teenagers. And I feel like there's a potential that they could be exposed somehow. And so she was pretty honest, but she's still a doctor, right? She was a teacher at the local hospital. And so we did vaccinate. But by the time I had my second, we did it on a very alternate, alternative, alternative, alternate Hey, I you're don't. not Polish. You you know you can't mess up the English language like she Ula is partly. She oh, is um, partly Polish. 
I'm 50 percent Polish. True, it's all, all three of us have Polish heritage. Uh, you know, I've talked to uh, you about my last name being cut off at the Statue of Liberty and my ancestors' uh, immigration to America, the St- Statue of Liberty from Belitsky to the All American Bell. Yes. Yep. And I'm Schmintek because my heritage, my Polish heritage, is Schmintek. Schmintek is easier than whatever your good whatever last name is. Gesell, that's German. <laughs> that's your husband. Yes. No, I married that one. Yeah. But yes, we, I, we learned a lot about how to take care of our bodies. So actually, the first things that we switched over were anything that we put on our skin before we even changed our diet. Because mm-hmm. I thought our skin largest organ. I have always had sensitive skin. I noticed our oldest when she was two sunscreen made her break out in terrible rashes. So we actually started with products that we put on our skin. Anything that touched our skin went all non-toxic ingredients. And then we slowly did our food. And Mm -hmm. even though I'm still vaccinated, I tried to do what I could to pull as many toxins out of my family as possible. But obviously I feel like this is something you're always learning. <laughs> like, I don't think right. you ever come to where you're like, I've attained every ounce of wisdom and knowledge about the subject. Well, and you so, described your husband early on with the uh, colitis or intestinal inflammation issues and described exactly why I wrote that chapter of the book, Unlock the Power to Heal, titled it The Road to Colostomy Bags is Paved with Antibiotics and Prednisone. He was he was on that right. road. He was. And he he had gut issues from the time he was about seven or eight. And we actually just talked about, I actually talked to his mom earlier this week. And she said, you know, I recall, sorry, the motorcycle had to drive by. Um, <laughs> at eight years old there was a traumatic event that happened in his life when he was eight and I had asked him years ago when did your gut issues start and he said around eight years old so actually just this week we put that trauma link to that issue but um he was a missionary he's traveled all around the world and he got dengue fever when he was in Haiti he went to Haiti a couple times and on the on his last trip, he came home during the coup in 90, 93, 94. Um, he had to come home early because they were shutting down the whole country. And he got really sick on the flight home. home. Hmm. And he went to the hospital and he was in the hospital for weeks and they diagnosed, diagnosed him. He went home. Wow. His mom pulls out the encyclopedia. <laughs> starts looking up his symptoms. She had like a holistic encyclopedia and... They're like, you have dengue fever. So they retested him and they're like, oh yeah, you do. But he had been vaccinated for malaria before he left. So they didn't consider that an an possibility, I guess. And ever since that illness, he has had health issues Hmm. and that he was 22, I want to say. So, and he's 49. Wow. Leslie, I know it's been a a struggle. We've talked off the air about the things he's been through and God bless you for being so strong for not only your six girls, but your husband and and Mark is commenting, poor husband, six girls. That's a lot of estrogen. If If there was a dad that was supposed to have a lot of girls, it's him. He is absolutely amazing. And he never once has ever said, I really wish I had a boy because Mm -hmm. these girls 
hunt with him. They'll fish with him. They'll build with him. They'll work on cars. They're, they're well-rounded children. These are going to be strong, strong women growing up. And uh, again, pleased to see that and hear that. And I, I love those girls. Their smiles are great too. We've had some great trivia questions. Some of them, at least one of them has submitted to our AMA. So they're very smart too. Uh, and probably smart alecky when they're not on the show, um, happy, right? A little bit. I mean, come by it honestly. Yes, <laughs> yes, I know. Look at mom. All right, Ula. You know, after uh, Michael, you know, an acknowledged injury to vaccination, it, mm-hmm. it clearly changed your perspective on medicine as well. I imagine, sure. and, your, and your husband. Hundred eighty degrees flip. Um, our um, experience with vaccine injury was with Michael. Uh, he was our firstborn, and like I said, he was around two years old, between 18 and 20 months old. Uh, and he got MMRV, which is measles, mumps, rubella, and varicella vaccine, and uh, he had adverse reaction to that, uh, which was high fever. Again, the pediatrician said it was expected, it's normal, it's very common side effect. Uh, not side effect, but just, um, you know, yeah. a symptom of the vaccine. Um, so uh, he had fever. He was lethargic. He would stop eating. He would be just sleeping a lot. And uh, I would be just keeping cold cloth on his forehead. I would be giving him prescribed paracetamol or ibuprofen, which is Tylenol or uh, neurofen, ibuprofen for the kids. And, um, it would, it would not even touch the fever. It would bring it down slightly and then bring it up. And of course, there's more research, research done that Tylenol or a paracetamol, um, is linked with autism, um, especially if given right after vaccination. So, um, I hope and pray that there will be a lot more awareness about Tylenol. Uh, because it's being prescribed to little children, infants, as if it was, you know, water or saline. Um, so that was that was very damaging. Michael was developing normal, meeting all the milestones of his development, mental and physical. And um, he would be saying two word phrases. Um, he would be um, very sociable. Uh, he would love being center of attention and just pick me up, 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 or bye bye. Uh, and he completely stopped doing that. When he finally woke up from this coma, uh, vaccine coma, um, he was a completely different child. He stopped talking. He was just making noises and screaming and crying. Um, he would love um, his um, peas and carrots, any finger foods like that, that he would just take small pieces of fruit and vegetables and just eat. And uh, the food would be coming in his mouth and coming out the other end very quickly, undigested, very acidic. His belly would be swollen, which are common symptoms of um, bowel inflammation. Uh, The screams and screaming, pointing to things he wanted, actually not pointing, just grabbing us by the hand uh, to the kitchen and not even pointing uh, what he wanted. He would just scream and expect us to guess what he wanted. Uh, that was the brain inflammation. And uh, nobody told me that. Uh, the doctor was like, okay, um, it's terrible twos. Yeah. Um, then I was like, why he stopped talking? Because you have three languages at home. Just limit to one language. Um, because we were in Cyprus, so he would hear Greek at uh, the kindergarten. 
um, then he would be, I would be speaking to him in Polish and in English. So he would hear two languages at home and then Greek at school. And um, she was like, limit to one language. So we would limit to just English. Of course, that didn't help. Um, but well, and, we, and Ula, what do we know about children normally in language developmental skills? The more they're exposed that in, in their youth, the more adept that they are of doing many yes. things, not just languages. Absolutely. So here was yes. the opposite advice. Now, yes. granted, they were not really acknowledging probably at this point that there was a vaccine injury. Oh, no, absolutely and, and, not. And when I mentioned, uh, I was like, you know, I read, and that was 2007, 2008, early 2009, late 2008, early 2009. So as you know, there wasn't much research. Google was still fairly new. And uh, when I mentioned uh, that I met other uh, people on forum, uh, other mothers, parents, and they mentioned potential link vaccine and autism, and the doctor just mocked me and said, "Oh, yeah, internet uh, doctor. Oh, yeah. How many how many years did you study medicine? Because you see those diplomas, yeah. five to seven years, and then this is specialty and blah 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 blah." And I was like, no, but is there any correlation, any, any link between autism and vaccine? Could it be the vaccine adverse reaction? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And don't even bring up this uh, quack Andrew Wakefield. Andrew Wakefield. And, and, uh, uh, they convinced me that uh, he was... Uh, uh, there's an echo. There's an echo. Yeah, I hear the echo uh, coming through. I hear the echo coming through. Yeah. Hold on, let me pause, on, let me pause uh, uh, for a moment. For a moment. See if I can see if I take you guys out of the mix. All right, it was coming through Leslie. I'm sorry, that's what it was. I don't know why. Let me bring Ula back in here for a moment. Hang in there, Leslie. Uh, also, I was uh, showing the Autism One conference that's coming up, not this weekend, but next weekend. Uh, I'm going to be head there on the 18th. We're going to do a special uh, honoring of our dearly departed friend as well, uh, uh, Ed Aranga in in his great work all those years of, with Autism One, and that'll be on Thursday, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday we've got the full on event. I'll be speaking on Copper there. I'll have a booth. We'll be giving out samples and things, and I'll be broadcasting and interviewing folks. And it's an incredible, uh, you know, a- affordable event for an entire weekend. One hundred thirty five bucks to register, and it's like ninety nine dollars a night. It's like hotel rooms are not usually that cheap, but this is a nice resort because it's the summer in, in Phoenix. You know, that's where that nobody's going there. So we're going there. And I know we're going to see Lori, our great friend, and she's, you know, a big supporter of the show and part of the, the patron community. And many others will reunite with Dr. Judy Mikovich, Brian Hooker, and others. So if you have a last-minute opportunity to join us in Mesa, Arizona, uh, autismone.org, the links are in the show notes always. And if you go to the upcoming events tab, uh, you'll you'll see it there. Let me see if I can get uh, Le- Leslie back in as well. Leslie, you there? I am. Okay. Still- so we, were, we were just having a strange echo, and yeah. some people are telling me that we had dropped out completely for a moment. I don't know what happened. I, I can't monitor everything without Super Don, but apparently we're back. What is she? Oh, she's got her guitar. Your daughter's got a guitar. Look at that. Nice. Is, is she ready to play it or just show it off? Are you ready to play, or are you just going to show it off? Sing it off. Show it off. Okay. There she goes. Very <laughs> cute. We get the concert Friday night by the campfire. Uh, but, yeah, next year, I think, Leslie, with your new place that you've got gotten, uh, we plan to have, we've, we wanted to do it this summer, 
like a, a an RSB show family reunion, reunion, so to speak. And that's we something did. I'd love to we see really happen did. next year. <laughs> I am glad oh, yeah. that work out. <laughs> Not because yeah. I didn't want to see everybody, but because it was a bad situation and we didn't know it until we knew it. So Yeah. Well, it's all about the timing, and I can hear the rooster crowing in the background there too. You're yes. really what people believe roosters crow all of the time not just in the morning no no it's a dominance wow. thing <laughs> so where's your pitchfork so we can all sing green acres together oh look at that she's got That's a thunder cool. pick she's thing. ready to go yeah. so Ula, by, by the way just speaking of green acres did you get that over in egypt or poland green acres the show no Zsa, Zsa Gabor, don't you remember mm. Zsa, Zsa Gabor? No. No, not at all. Oh, that's a theme. <laughs> You're going to have to watch it. All right. I have here's, to watch it. Here's my next question before we hit another subject. We got, you know, about 10 minutes or so, and I'm so grateful. Again, you guys are easing my burden today uh, in a lot of ways, and I thank you for that. Um, the Orange Guard, have you have you gotten some Orange Guard yet? Not yet. Leslie has. Okay. Did you send yes. Super Don a picture with your Orange Guard yet? No. We're doing another contest giveaway. Well, never have well, one when I'm off my garden. Well, look what I picked uh, this morning, right before I came on the air. Uh, and Very this nice. Funny, this came from I believe the same plant. They're both uh, zucchinis. One looks like a zucchini. Other one looks like a I don't know crookneck zucchini, like a crookneck squash. Yeah. But, Is it growing next to a yellow squash? Is that plant next to a yellow squash? No, I mean it's it's right across the way, a couple of feet from a delicata. A squash, which we just harvested our first one. But, you know, we're not using obviously any pesticides and things. These are coming out beautiful and delicious. Uh, we've got more green beans than we know what to do with. And Nancy's flashing them and, and freezing them. And it's like we're going to have green beans throughout the entire winter without a problem. That's so cool. And, and I have beautiful tomatoes. I had tons of cherry tomatoes and I have the big tomatoes. And they're very juicy. So when you slice it, it's like, oh, and the smell, the taste, it's its just, you can't compare them. My cucumbers, they are hiding. I gave up on my cucumbers because they were not growing. And then they started popping up. And uh, I am lifting the leaves because I just let them be. I didn't do any work. I didn't even go and talk to them because I do talk to my plants. Mark is making fun of me. I do talk to my plants because I believe it helps them grow stronger and healthier. Even to the bugs. I'm like, it's okay. You're eating this leaf, but please don't go on the other leaves. Yeah. I'm gonna, hey, on the I, road, when we're on the road, I pray that God will keep the deers off the road as well. He's making fun of me. No, but, no, he shouldn't make fun of you. You're right. You're right, Mark. <laughs> All right. Well, look, I've got in the uh, in the chat room, I think yesterday I posted this picture. Let me see if I can get it to go full screen here. Yeah. On the right hand side, you'll see yesterday we harvested uh, a lot of Swiss chard, a lot of collards all mixed in that same basket for those of you looking on screen. And then you'll see the green beans. That was just one day's haul. Today will probably be the same. There's the delicata squash. And look at those funny looking things on the right. Those are cucumbers. Those are cucumbers. I've never seen them that they shape. Look wow. They look, they're funny, but they, according to Nancy, they taste great. That's awesome. I was told that when they do it, that it's because they aren't getting like consistent watering. That's what That's I was possible. told. I don't, some of my pickles look like that too. 
Well, they're it is really, possible, but fortunately, they're delicious. My wife says they're great, so maybe we just got to put some, make sure some more water hits over because they're they're at the far end of the area of water. So it's possible that that is a good explanation for that. So thank you. Uh, but cucumbers anyway. grow funny. It's like yeah. I checked my cucumbers were like this, and then it was a heavy storm. The next day, I went to check, and it was like a giant cucumber. Like, mm. What is going on <laughs> overnight? You should have seen yesterday after I left to, to go do some of that documentary film work. Um, my wife sent me a picture. I don't have that up because I don't have Superdon to help me with that. But it looked like in the cul-de-sac area in front, mm-hmm. you could water ski out there. It was such a deluge in such a quick period of time. And uh, I, I left. I missed it. But it, it was gone by the time I got there. But it was good that we're getting water in the high desert, too. This is a, a blessing yeah. as well. So we had that night. It knocked over all of our camp chairs and our swing and everything. It was kind of crazy in the middle of the night. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see what other stories we got to wrap up here with. Uh, let's see. We mentioned the, the FDA says take three home tests if you're exposed to COVID to boost accuracy. If the first <laughs> one is not good, the second one's not good. Why is the third one going to be good? Because they say so. Now, because, you know, you better be safe than sorry. It's like, you know, when you test once and you are positive, then you test a second time and you're negative. Let's make sure that you're not like President Biden and have COVID again and you test. And if it's negative, you're negative. If it's positive, you're, you are always positive. I don't know. They say it increases efficacy of the test up to 73%, I believe. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, the, the guy that I interviewed yesterday, a young man who worked in a, a, a test facility, a lab, uh, mm-hmm. for COVID PCR tests, uh, he, he told me that uh, they would get a, a test in and it would test negative. They'd get a sec- order, a second test was ordered, and they'd get it negative. <laughs> and now the hospital staff is desperate because they don't get the big money unless it's a COVID-positive test, so they order a third test, and they run the cycle count threshold to the roof, and, of course, you test positive for anything. And, and, you know, they, and now they got home versions of this and they want you to take three and not one because the first two negatives are not real. The third one's the charm. It's like, it's so absurd. <laughs> it's so not scientific. Yes. But it's uh, approved as the only one, um, approved by the FDA or CDC as the quick test and fairly reliable. Fairly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And once again, they're only available via emergency use authorization. So that means they have not been standardized. <laughs> At all. No. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like you said many times on the show, what do they really test? Yeah. And fairly reliable. Let's say you get hired and you're you're the company you work for is fairly reliable at paying you. Are you gonna work there? <laughs> Good one. <laughs> yeah. Give me the, a break. The third paycheck's gonna be the one that works. Right. <laughs> We're gonna pretend to direct deposit the first couple. Yeah. Yeah. Just to see. We're well, fairly it, relaxed. This is amazing. And uh, there's another story here about the endocrine system. And, and Ula, we talk about hormones, uh, mm-hmm. the youth hormones, progesterone, testosterone, uh, estrogen. And more. There's a lot more than that. But um, this article is talking about sure signs that your endocrine system isn't as strong as it should be. Learn the signs. Is this something... You actually covered a little bit in Trinity as well, or is this something you've gone beyond to learn? Yeah, as well? we had the whole module on um, on endocrine system, 
and uh, maybe not in depth to the point that I can tell you um, about all the estrogens and stuff because there are so many different levels. But there are basic signs um, if your endocrine system or hormonal system is uh, not working properly. Um, you, usually it's fatigue, weight loss or weight gain, um, um, sexual dysfunction um, for men, um, problems with erection for women, uh, loss of libido, um, acne, different things, depending on the hormone that's affecting, because of course there are so many hormones responsible in our body, like even insulin. People don't know that insulin is actually a hormone uh, that is responsible for breaking down uh, those uh, carbohydrates and sugars and, um, and uh, other hormones like cortisol, uh, and the adrenal function. So if you have um, underactive adrenal function, um, then of course cortisol may be um, dominant or other way around. And uh, yes, low testosterone. Uh, and that, that, that is again, even impactful in women as well. Yes, yes. I mean, uh, people don't realize that women have testosterone as well. Um, we have estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. And of course, when you have um, dominant testosterone, you may have more um, um, deeper voice, uh, facial hair, uh, polycystic ovarian system uh, syndrome, um, and stuff like that. So yes, uh, you have to balance all those hormones. Uh, you can be estrogen dominant. So the common knowledge was that uh, estrogen is good. And if you have more estrogen, you're more feminine, you know, Marilyn Monroe shape. Uh, and it's good. Actually, it's not good. Uh, yes, you will be more curvy and um, more feminine. But actually, estrogen dominance may lead to breast cancer, ovarian cancer. Um, and everything needs to be balanced. And yeah, excess, in other words, can be as bad as a deficiency. That's right. And the imbalance, and of course, we talk about the minerals that are lacking can result mm -hmm. in, in endocrine dysfunction. Uh, the lack of uh, critical fats, including saturated fats, that play yes. a vital role in precursors to these vital youth hormones. And, um, you know, so many of the xenoestrogens coming in from pesticides, plasticizers, all of these things can impact an abnormal, let's say, female-specific endocrine uh, thing, which where it's more obvious than in men, but men do have these problems as well. And, uh, you know, Leslie, with six girls, I'm sure that's a topic of conversation in terms of how do we normalize endocrine function. We use a lot of herbs <laughs> and herbal treatments and remedies. So um, actually, once my girls all get should be about 13 or 14 they start taking dr christopher's uh hormonal changes formula i'm glad you mentioned that i was going to mention that as well my daughter takes it and you can take it whether you're in the cycle phase of life or even post cycle it's it's very beneficial and helpful dr christopher's hormonal changes and a shout out to jonathan at choose to be healthy.com who's always supported through his dad since his dad uh our broadcast speaking of whole food nutrition and herbs and he carries the Choose to Be Healthy uh, at ChooseToBeHealthy.com, a lot of the things we use and recommend. And you can always use the code RSB5 to get a little discount when you order, whether it be the 100% whole food selenium, the chromium, uh, the silica, the CanGest. It's also great for digestive healing. And I don't yes. know, if, uh, Leslie, if, if James ever got on CanGest. Some people don't like it because oh, of the yeah. taste, but I think it's a wonderful formula. 
daily we drink Canja. Yeah. Um, I also noticed too with my hormonal issues when I first started. Is somebody raking <laughs> right behind you there, Leslie? It is a tree frog. <laughs> a tree frog was oh, making wow. that noise. Wow. Your <laughs> studio is the earth. Now, <laughs> they are loud and I have a lot of them. <laughs> that was wow. impressive. It sounded like somebody's raking leaves right next yeah. to you. It turns out it's a tree frog. Can you get your daughter with the guitar to kind of shoo it away? I don't know. I, well, I called it out and it got quiet. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, damn, he knows it's me. Um, I, when I started taking the hormonal changes, I was also taking in uh, extra amounts of chromium. And I noticed that helped balance the hormones, I think. Mm -hmm. And Chris Barr explained it to me how chromium works in with the cellular structure, why it's effective and why it is so impactful, which translates into why it also affects your hormones because it's mm -hmm. similar systems. They're very closely related. So for me, balancing hormones with my kids is making sure that their sugar intake is low and the sugar that they do take in is a healthy form and mm -hmm. they take hormonal increase and chromium when necessary so well and and that tree frog needs a muzzle but besides that um the, the chromium we use is 100 percent whole food we used to have access to innate response and then mega food and they stayed uh, stopped it so we're now getting the gluco what is it called the gluco uh the glucose sugar balance, I think. Yeah, what yeah Jonathan now. has that at choosetobehealthy.com, and it's equivalent in terms of quality, and it even has a little vanadium, which is a great mineral that's an addition, and I take uh, one of those capsules three times a day, sometimes a fourth one, but I usually at least try to get it in three times a day, sometimes twice a day, but it's a big difference maker when you get that, those minerals and that particular mineral in more than almost anything else. So as we're wrapping up here again, Ula, Leslie, Ula, any uh, uh, final uh, uh, parting words for today's broadcast? Well, stay healthy, eat healthy, and grow your garden. Like you can ask Leslie, when they travel, they try to plant their garden, and honestly, eating healthy pays off long term. Great. And Leslie, anything? I agree with Ula. It's focusing on eating. What you're putting in your body is what you're going to get coming out of it. I know that was a slogan in like the 80s, right? Garbage in, garbage out or something yes. like that. But it really is true. There's a, a massive difference. And I would say that it's just verbiage. But uh, my sister recently switched from just eating normal mainstream food to organics. And she, she called me and said, you know, I always thought you were crazy, but I feel so much better. Wow. <laughs> so Isn't that right? It, the proof is doing like, it. Whatever you can grow, grow and eat mm -hmm. that because the, the vital nutrients that you're going to get out of that fresh food is so much greater than any fresh produce you're going to even get at a farmer's market. So, Well, and uh, uh, two words for that noisy animal uh, near you, uh, frog legs. All around. Oh, <laughs> yeah, just say that. Maybe it'll quiet down. I don't know. That I know they're all around me now. They're that like, was really mean of me, I know. Well, it's going to be that time of day where the sun's going to a certain point and they all start to get really loud. At night, it's mm -hmm. deafening. Oh, yeah, wow. it's quite a symphony. Well, uh, Ula, Leslie, love to you and your family. Thank you for being you. here to get us into the into the weekend. We're almost there. I got a bonus round, and I'll give people a clue. Another powerful, healing, brilliant, inspiring woman. Three words. Five blue 
rings. That's your clue, y'all. Get ready for the bonus round. It's going to be amazing, and I thank you all for being here. God bless you. And Ula, what is it that we say at the end of the show? The power to heal is truly yours. Amen. I, uh, this is wow, super Don. I this is a, the wrong music, but it was still great. I love the jazzy uh, interlude there. Give me a moment of pause, and so great to have uh, uh, Leslie and Ula on for hour two. That was lovely, and of course in hour one, Stan Graham talking about the cardio miracle and more. The prosecutenow.io. Also, uh, briefly, want to remind you of upcoming events besides Autism One. I'll be in the desert, Phoenix, Mesa, Arizona. Uh, this coming, not this weekend, next weekend, the 18th through the 21st. Love, love, love to see you there. And I know some of you are going to be there with me and many others. Uh, we have here up on the screen, let me just maximize it, the United States Health Freedom Congress. I haven't been back to the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul in a while, and I'll be there uh, the 23rd, 24th. I'll probably fly on the day before, but uh, usually we have a nice get-together on the 22nd, the day before it starts, and then two days of intensives. For those that want to rub elbows with the health freedom leaders on planet Earth, much less the United States and, and, and Canada, it's a wonderful opportunity to see people with great integrity standing up for what's right and restoring the freedom that God gave us all. And yes, working occasionally through the political system to make sure that happens, primarily on the state level, but some federal. And I uh, hope that you'll see you there, 13th one, and that's in St. Paul, right near the airport, 23rd and 24th. And links are up in the upcoming events tab. Be back in Orlando. It's been a while since I've been there. Thanks to Drs. Terry and Stu Warner. And we've got Peter McCullough that's going to join us there. Uh, gosh, there's so many. Stephanie LaCriccio. I heard Casey Krejci is going to be there, my buddy uh, from Living Fuel. And so many more. Dr. Ed Group, Judy Mikovits. It's going to be an amazing, amazing group of people. And that's happening in the 7th, 8th, and 9th of uh, October in Orlando, Florida. And then we have the Health Freedom Expo, the big one, the granddaddy of them all outside of Chicago, uh, Tinley Park Convention Center, October 15th and 16th. And that is uh, going to be an amazing event. Jonathan Ebord will be there. Many of our friends will be there. And some of you, I hope to see you there as well. Uh, then I've got another event outside of the Pittsburgh area the following week. I'm still waiting for the promo piece on that to get you all plugged in if you want to join me at that one. That'll be October 22nd. So, uh, with that, I told you there'll be a surprise guest. My hint was five blue rings. Those of you who are longtime fans of the Robert Scott Bell Show know she's amazing. The stories that she has shared from her own experiences in her life are just jaw-dropping and amazing. You just like one thing after another, Super Don's favorite, and so many of them. And she's got an upcoming event that she wants to let us know about tomorrow. If you're a creative writer or any kind of writer, what can you tap into? Let's welcome back to the Robert Scott Bell Show and Archer Busher and Hi, how are you? There you are. Hooray. I've been, and I've been watching your guest. It's a great show. Aren't they amazing? The you know, the folks that yeah. we've connected with from all over the world and you know, started out as you know, we've we've known each other since I was very, almost a snot-nosed teenager. Uh so a lot, we go way back a long time, long time. I taught you and how to eat an artichoke. I remember that. You remember? I, I didn't know what an artichoke was. It's embarrassing. No, it's not. I don't care. I thought it was, well, anyway, it was awesome. The things we've had adventures on. In fact, you know, some of the stories we've been able to tell about some of the travels around with you and Alden and your daughter, daughter Sarah. But, you know, seeing and meeting people from all over the world, that's the positive side of the technology that, you know, can be used in either direction, positive or negatively. 
and the outreach, even with your story, Five Blue Rings, which we talked about last time you were on and other things. Uh, it, it, it's just amazing how far our experiences can be shared instantaneously. Uh, and, and I think that there may be a reason for that. We might not fully understand right now, but I'm happy to be a part of it and have people like uh, Ula and Leslie and their families being featured and in, inspiring me and others to, to live differently in a way that people thought, well, that's kind of weird. Even they said, well, you know, my sister started eating the way I eat and she thought I was crazy. Now she says, well, that was actually really good. Yeah. And you feel better. It's about self-love, isn't it? Mm. Oh, yeah. You nailed that. I, you know, when I started eating clean food b- way back when, I had to really care about myself enough to say, you know what, I'm going to spend a lot of extra money or what I perceived to be on organic food, which was way more expensive and harder to find back then, 30, well, since you're 20, 24, over 30 years ago. And I had to say, I'm worthy. I'm worth it. You know, when I perceived and believed that that was a pathway out of my chronic illnesses and ailments. And so self-love, you're right. That's a great one to put, to bring up in that regard. Well, I'm excited to be presenting one hour on Five Blue Rings at Spiritual Awakenings International. And that date is on, um, I can't find the date here. Is it linked up on fiveblueRings.org? yet yes well no that you can go to five blue rings.org but it does not have this event listed it's at spiritual awakenings national on august 20th that's the date at 1 p.m eastern daylight time okay you have to register is it is it a free event yeah well, it, you can donate because, you know, they live by donations. It's a nonprofit. But I invite everybody to come and hear and, um, and be live. And there's a Q&A afterwards that goes on for another 30 minutes. So it's a chance to ask questions. Five Blue Rings teaches a lot of spiritual principles that were tested in a huge way in that story. The most massive spiritual story I have ever had. And, um, and I'm really excited because it's about to go to the publisher, and, um, but it's not out yet. So this is a chance for people to actually hear it and get the inside scoop and ask questions about it. The spiritual principles involved are everything from living as if and, um, and understanding inner guidance and following your heart. It's so many things that help you understand uh, being willing to do all that it takes. That doesn't mean you have to do all that it takes. You just have to be willing to do all that it takes to make something happen. And then miracles can occur. And that's this story for one hour is miracle after miracle after miracle. And again, you can find out how to register at spiritualawakeningsinternational.org. And you go to the upcoming events and you'll see my picture. So you'll know. Yeah, five I, blue thinking, rings. And I, I don't I don't know who's running the five blue rings website, but I would say it'd be good for people that find out like there's an upcoming events tab like I have on my website to say, hey, we're going to be doing something at this, uh, you know, for people that don't know about Spiritual Awakenings International and they may find it. So yeah. but if you go to fly five blue rings dot org, have you guys started doing like, a, yeah, you have an email update list. I see that I'm scrolling yeah, down. Do. So if you yeah. want to make sure that's another way you can communicate with folks. 
uh, about these events and, and, you know, lecture tours, speaking engagements, or, you know, when the book is going to come out to be the first to know, because you know, you're going to want to yeah. read it after hearing Anne on this show talking about it many times. And uh, it's just, yeah, just I, I agree. We'll do that. We're, we're just getting started. The following month, I will be speaking at I in Chicago, one of the largest ions groups in the United States. Um, that's the International Association for Near-Death Studies. And I will make sure that we post that on the site. Okay. So and I, and I spoke at one of their events uh, in, I think it was in Denver a few years it back. Did. And I met a lot of great people, a lot of fun people, uh, just really sweet, sweethearts. And, you know, the experiences of life are far more than meets the physical eye. And uh, people share those experiences like I did. Uh, my experience of having a near-death experience when I was in sixth grade that kind of opened me up to realities that I would yet learn about in this lifetime that, uh, that make it even more exciting. And those realities and that awareness actually teaches us how to live a much greater, happier, more free and open life in this lifetime so that we can enjoy ourselves more, be healthier, be happier, um, and have the you know, support we really need to make the most of life. The, the events well, I, that show us those insights are treasures, truly, like your experience when you were just a kid. Well, and even with dealing with the loss of loved ones over time, you know, people come and go. The life as a physical body has an expiration date. I just lost a, a dear, dear friend, uh, Michael Badnarik, yesterday morning, even though mm -hmm. knowing that that was, we talked about it openly, he knew that he didn't have long for this world in the body he was in but you still feel the loss, but I have no trepidation about him. He's fine. I mean, he's having a good old time packing a spiritual 45 in his holster still, because he was all about freedom and liberty and defense of liberty. And I think of the adventure he's on right now is extraordinary, but it's for us that are left behind that, you know, we're, we're saddened by the loss of someone we love to hang out with, talk with, see, you know, th those kinds of things. And I think recognizing that life has a continuity well beyond this life and knowing it through experience is something that brings a lot of peace, even in the midst of the sadness of, of, of the loss that we experience here. It's absolutely true. You know, in, um, in some of my talks, I have discussed the fact that I had an accident. I was hit by a drunk driver and um, I left my body and, le and the body was completely wrecked. The seat broke, the, the body went down, my back was broken in places, I'm bleeding everywhere, but I'm out of the body, looking back at it going, Bye, body. And the sense that I had was, oh, thank God, the freedom at last. It was absolute joy. It was gratitude. It was relief. It was, it, it was as if I had truly won the lottery of life. But then I suddenly remembered, I have a three-year-old daughter. I have to get back in that body. And that was very hard getting back in that body. The body was completely wrecked. It was extraordinarily painful. And I knew what was on the other side because this was the second experience that I'd had. And I wanted to stay. I absolutely wanted to stay. But it was like, nope, I took on that child and I agreed to be with her. And I am her mother and I am going back in that body. And I'm going to deal with what I have to deal with. But knowing that on the other side, you, you're alive and well. You have complete freedom. It's amazing. You can bring that strength back into this life and live at a, in a far better way than you could otherwise if you didn't know mm -hmm. that stuff. Yeah, exactly. This is the adventure that life is. And, and uh, look, 
I've, I've shared some of those adventures with you and you've shared many of your adventures with me and now a lot of this audience that knows, knows you and just thrilled to, to hear about it. You were also telling me that there's a kind of a writing workshop yes. of some kind, people that love to write, or maybe they don't know that they love to write. They might want to participate. That's going to happen tomorrow. I mean, it's like short notice, but those of you who are here with us live on the 11th, oh, 12th of August, 2022, tell us about this event. Well, this is a free event and there's actually two of them, one tomorrow and one the following Saturday. So there's plenty of time to sign up for one or the other. And this is not my event. This is presented by Living Our Love. You can go to livingourlove.com. It is the ecstasy of discovery. And they are ten, um, a simple but really powerful practice that I'm very aware of. In fact, I I used to teach this. I no longer do, but Dave and Rhonda Ings, magnificent job and people love their workshops. So um, if you see that copy, Just Beyond the Limits of Everyday Consciousness is a vast pool of insight, wisdom, and inspiration. That's what they teach you to plug into. And that is Saturday, August 13th. That's tomorrow, 1 to 2 p.m. Central Daylight Time. And then it's the following Saturday, completely a, a new event, but for anybody that wants to come, August 20th, 1 p.m. Central Daylight Time for one hour. Great testimonials on their site, livingourlove.com. They do wonderful workshops. And, um, and you, you know, one of the things that I teach that this workshop is an overview. So this is a great introduction. This is how to improve your life at all levels. It's that one there on the left, and you see those two dates, two Saturdays. Yeah, it's that three. You can Saturday from. the... Th- 13th of August and Saturday, the 20th of August, uh, one to two o'clock central time. So two to three Eastern time. And I think that would be 11 a.m. Uh, Pacific, but you can figure that out. You can register. It's free to try it out, test it out. I'm going to clicking it just to see what happens here. The ecstasy of discovery introduction, August, 2022, learn how the wisdom within is always available. Practice a simple, powerful method to open your awareness to the ecstasy of discovery, learn how to improve your life in the process. And if you have questions about it, they have an email that says classes at livingourlove.com. So you've you've done these uh, workshops before then. Yeah, I have. And um, and I love how Dave and Rhonda do them together because two completely separate backgrounds. Dave is an engineer scientist. That's his mindset. And he used to teach these classes to scientists and engineers to help them solve problems that they were having great difficulties with. Now, Rhonda and Dave teach them to everyday people who want to solve the problems of life, how to have more balance, how to have more love in your life, how to resolve an issue that you haven't been able to resolve and let it come from your own higher self, find your own answers within, but how to do that and how to do that in a way that is so extraordinary that you can get instantaneous answers. That's what those scientists and engineers discovered. Now, you know me well enough to know that I used to use this in the classroom. In the public schools, I use these techniques because I learned them many, many years ago, and they're just extraordinary. I, I've heard from some of my students who say, I started that with you, and I still do it to this day, 30 years later. They're, they're still doing it. And, um, and because who wouldn't want access to that great wisdom 
that we have within us, but most people don't have that. They don't know how to access that wisdom. Dave and Rhonda teach everybody how to do it. They do it even better than I did it. And they do it in such a way that um, people can use it in their lives in an ongoing process, even if you never take another workshop. They do have other workshops that are more detailed and you can see those two online, but um, this introductory one that's free is just phenomenal. I highly recommend it. Yeah, wonderful. And, you know, one of the things I've concluded over the years, and of course, I, I dedicated my life to healing as well because of the illnesses and ailments I had to overcome, that I realized, right. you know, there are various forms of practicing, you know, in doctoring. And of course, I mm -hmm. eventually from allopathic medicine gravitated to homeopathic and natural medicine. But I recognize no matter what type of doctor you are or perceive you are, whatever physician, it really means teacher or healer, that the real goal and role of a, of a healer I say should be, but I think it is to connect people to their divinity, which is the source of all healing ultimately. Yes. And, and I know that sounds esoteric, but it's actually very pragmatic and practical because when you are connected to that divinity, that divine source of all life and all healing, then you will be directed to things that you might say, well, I need this physically. But starting from that deep level of, as you've written about inner guidance, it's opened me up to have extraordinary things happen that some would consider impossible. Well, we all have access to that. We just don't necessarily know how to dip into it at a deep enough level. Or in the story, Five Blue Rings, that people may want to hear, um, under tremendous duress, how do you use, how do you get access to that? And it's sort of like the story of a woman who picked up the car when her child was underneath it, right? It had that extraordinary strength. We have access to that level of wisdom, that level of power on a daily basis if we simply know how to take advantage of it. Yeah, very cool. You wouldn't well, want that. Exactly. Hey, so, uh, yeah, go ahead. I want to say, I, I love it that you brought up healing. You know, my favorite new toy is the Itericare device. So if you let me talk about that for a second, you know, I'm prepared to do that too. I'd love to promote yeah, that. We'll wrap up. Let me, let me grab it too. Uh, do you have it handy? I've got one here. Yeah, I do. Okay, go ahead. Okay. This is my favorite new toy. This is the Itericare device can see it there. It, it blows what appears to simply be warm air. It's a warm air blowing device, but it's not a hairdryer for sure. Um, and inside of it is a quartz tube. Now we know quartz is a powerful conduit um, for energy. And in this particular case, they did this so that it is a conduit for terahertz energy. And terahertz is on the spectrum on the light wave spectrum is right next to far infrared. Far infrared is used to help stimulate the immune system and to heal. But I heard about this device. It only costs 350. Somebody showed it to me that we're not selling it. My daughter loved it. Sarah, you know, Sarah, she's very, very picky, but she loved this thing. And I thought, well, I'll try it out. And I absolutely am devoted to this device. My husband and I use it almost every other day. And you can use it to um, put, there's a blue light in it and you move that up and down your spine or you put it on the palms of your hands, these acupuncture points from a distance because it's warm air. You do the same thing on the bottoms of your feet. You can put it on your neck. 
Um, and you can also put it on any area that's injured. So I had a bad ankle and I hadn't been able to heal it. I have all kinds of great devices. I eat great. I know all kinds of wonderful things, but I couldn't fix that ankle. And um, so when we got it, I used this on my ankle and, and now I'm hiking every single day and the pain went away completely. It was as if there was nothing wrong with my ankle ever. And there was something wrong with my ankle. I went for an MRI because there was something wrong, but nobody could figure out what it was. Um, according to acupuncturist who um, I talked to after I got this device, he said that it was probably a blocked meridian. Well, I thought that was the most beautiful answer in the world because we have blocked meridians because that's what life does. You know, energy comes in, it gets blocked, it gets to flow again. This helps that flow. And we also use it to get that terahertz energy in our water. And mm -hmm. my daughter's website, let me see, it's lightwavedevice.com. Her name yeah. is Sarah Archer. If you go there, you can contact her. If you've got questions, it's lightwavedevice.com. She decided she loved it so much. She wanted to make sure she told all her friends. Brilliant. So she set up lightwavedevice.com. I absolutely love it. It's $350. I have a machine that costs $4,000. And I like this machine better than that for many things because it's so versatile. If my neck hurts there, it's fixed. If, um, my husband had high blood pressure. We weren't getting the results we wanted. We used this machine. We happened to be going for his annual physical. There was his blood pressure, normal for the first time that I've ever known him over 30 years. His blood pressure was wonderful. Now, it's not a healing device. It just happens to help the body heal itself because if you put the right kind of energy in the body, the body can heal itself. And so lightwavedevice.com, you'll... I think you'll really like it. Try it out. And I just if you, dropped if you it into the, the chat room. Yeah, yeah, I see yeah, you me, did that. Thank you. Let me see if I can get it in because we also have a way to put it. There are multiple digital streams as well. I'm going to put it in there as well. So hopefully people will find it if you want to learn about it. And, and like I said, I have it. It's very simple to use. Uh, but Anne, again, you you overcame something that was like a prove it to me kind of scenario. And uh, yeah. I'm glad you're out yeah. hiking and walking again without the the, the discomfort and, and disability. I, I wanted to say that something interesting happened to me. And that's what I was trying to explain to you before, because you and I know energy medicine. We know energy medicine really well. We're both practitioners yeah. of on, on a lay basis of energy medicine. And what I noticed that to me was even more phenomenal than my fixed ankle was my attitude and my tone changed when I started drinking the water. Now I use your water filter, but afterwards I take this, I've got this little stand, I clamp it on. Yeah, you have the and, echo um, water and you're you're yes. sending that and energy into it. it now too. Yeah. Yeah. And I add this energy to it. Drink that mm -hmm. every day and use this thing every other day on my acupressure points. And what I discovered was I felt like, I thought, when did I feel like this before? And I realized, oh my God, this is so funny. I felt like this when I was a little kid. I remember going to my grandmother's and wanting to get up with the roosters. You'd hear the roosters and you want to get out of bed. Oh, good. We, we heard go. them last hour with Leslie being outside with all the yeah, animals. We heard, there. We heard yes. the frogs. That's what we heard. So that was... that's how I feel now. I pop out of bed. I grab the dog. I put on my hiking boots. Off I go. And I can't wait to get out there. 
That is new for me. Before it was like, I got to this. It is not like that now. It's like, yes, let's go. And I thought the only difference was this. Mm. I do. I do think that it is not just me because I've heard other people are having that same response. I just love that. I'll be happy to talk with you more about it as well. I mean, we're in the bonus round, so we got to wrap up soon. But uh, lightwavedevice.com. Katie Ann says, is this similar to sitting in the sun and you experience healing? Well, if you got healed from an ankle injury that nothing else was healing in the sun, I'm like, great. <laughs> I'm not against that. Yeah. But if it's not working, then you might consider something like what Ann's talking about. And, and as you say, it's more than that. But that was your experience. That was pretty unique and powerful. Well, I know what Katie's talking about because that is terahertz energy. If we could get in the ocean every day, if we could walk on the sand, if we could walk on unpolluted earth every day, that's terahertz energy. So yes, it's like that. Only you direct it to exactly where you want right. it and it doesn't take long. Two minutes is what I put it on my ankle. I mean, that is amazing. Very cool. Very cool. Well, and it's great to see you. I'm excited for this bonus round heading into the weekend. And uh, I know we'll, we'll hopefully see you soon somewhere at an event or if I can get out and yes, see you, whatever. But it's great to have a reunion even on, online, so come to speak. San Diego. San yeah, Diego. I, I, come I don't here. mind. It's beautiful. And, I, and I've been down and there because there's some restaurants that got organic Mexican food that was like amazing down there, not far from you. And so there's some amazing places to eat. Uh, there are. And we love you. We want you anytime you can get here. We love you. Remember that workshop is free on Saturday, both Saturdays, this one and next Saturday. Um, and it's livingourlove.com. Okay. Thank you yeah, so much, Scotty. That. I love you. All right. Big, big hugs to Alden and Sarah and everybody. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. We appreciate it. All right, Ann. Thanks for being on board. Uh, get Take us into the weekend in, in style. I will. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. I'm glad I could be with you. Bye, Scotty. Love to the family. All right. That's Ann Archer Butcher. Remember, 5BlueRings.org as well. And I I hear that some people that were watching on our website, always something weird happens uh, when we're trying to get some really powerful information for healing out. And yet it it continued on a a lot of the digital platforms, including those you watching on Facebook. So please share the information if you think it's valuable for somebody, including the writing workshop she was talking about. So uh, with that, again, uh, we should have Super Don back on Monday. I've got to figure out who I'm going to have on for Sunday's radio broadcast. So stand by for that. Sign up for email alerts uh, or as Superdon says, the newsletter by texting RSB to 22828. Text RSB to 22828. It's as simple as that. And uh, we'll be back, uh, God willing, again, Sunday with the radio broadcast. Monday again to crank up another broadcast week heading into the Autism One Trip, uh, which I think... Um, pretty sure we might have to have an encore that one day of the week. I'm just figuring out which one on the travel week that's coming up. But again, thank you all for being here. I appreciate you so very much. Thanks to Leslie. Thanks to Ula. Thanks as well. Uh, in our first hour to Stan Graham and cardio miracle, uh, God bless you all. The power to heal is yours. And let's, uh, have some Mickey friendly music continue now. <laughs> 